1: And welcome once again to the Voices of Wrestling flagship podcast. I'm Rich alongside, as always, a man who has achieved godlike status, Mr. Joe Lanza. Joe, what's happening?
0: Ready for some championship audio.
1: Let's go. It's been a week. Are you are you chomping at the bits, even though we do <laughs> copious amounts of hours of audio in between these shows, we always act like we haven't touched a mic or, or talked about wrestling in between this time, even though we're just constantly talking about wrestling and and doing that. But yeah, yeah, it's been a week since we've done a show, so we're back now. Hey.
0: Well, for all these freeloaders who aren't subscribed at www.patreon.com slash of uh, they haven't heard us. That's true. Fun. They
1: are starved. And I don't why are they doing that to themselves? They don't need to. We have it. We're audio. If you want to hear Joe and I a lot. Patreon.com slash Voices Wrestling. You don't have to be starved anymore, people. Just five bucks. Just to, what, shit, $1. $1 gets you in the door. Hear all this audio. It's unbelievable.
0: $1 gets you in the door. Don't ask us. Ask the people who subscribe. There's a, a, a cornucopia of audio every Ooh, week.
1: Thanks, th- nice Thanksgiving-themed. Uh, <laughs> did you, did you uh, lay out a cornucopia on your, uh, uh, your table this uh, Thanksgiving? I did not host. Okay. Oh, you didn't host. Oh, nice. That's great. I uh I hosted it and it's it's a disaster. <laughs> I wish I would never host again. Not that like people coming over is a disaster. I like it. It's just like way too much work. I like a lot better. Walk in the door, plot my ass on the couch, stand up to eat, plot my ass back on the couch, and then leave. Like that is the way to go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's the life, a- right there. I mean, quite honestly, if I <laughs> cooked it, it would be a better meal. But you know, if I don't have to make it, I'm not going to complain.
1: Right, you can't you can't win them all. You, you know, like sometimes you got to take an L and just say, "Hey, look, this is it's fine, it's adequate." Well, who? Uh, not not to, I don't want you to throw any uh, family members under the bus here, but who uh, who's cooking and, and and why do you think do, you do would do better than them?
0: Oh, I'm a tremendous cook. I mean, it has nothing to do with the with the meal I did eat. I mean, it's just I'm a tremendous they just can't, cook.
1: They just can't handle the standards. Like they're just I'm just listen. I'm
0: tre- the thing is, I'm tremendous with the poultry. We've discussed this. I I do a tremendous job with that kind of animal. Like with the birds, I I just do a great job. That's one of my specialties. In fact, so what's your so. turkey
1: thing? Even though this is completely irrelevant for the day after, but that, not not actually it's not though because if you were smart like me, there might still be time. Black Friday, while everyone's chasing TVs and and nests and and freaking whatever the hell is and vacuum cleaners and all this other bullshit, Rich Cratch walks his ass over to Target and grabs himself a fucking 15-pound turkey for $8, because that is the time to buy turkey, folks. Everyone buys it the week before. I get it. Of course, you have to. You got it. But, man, if you want the best deals, I wish I had, like, a chest in my my garage, or I wish I just had something, because I'd buy, like, eight of these turkeys, and I'd be good for another year for turkey-wise. So that's why I ask you now, for those that were smart like me, what what what's what's the Joe Lanza turkey? Do you have one specific turkey recipe or do you freestyle sometimes?
0: No, there's, there's a couple different ways you can go, but you've you've got to get you've got to get the garage freezer. I don't know what you're doing. They're not even that expensive. You can get a decent sized freezer freezer for your garage for like 80 to 100 bucks. And then you don't have to limit yourself to one $8 turkey. And then like you're saying you could have bought four or five of them be good for the year, you know? what's,
1: uh, what's the power output of uh said uh, garage free. That's, I think, one of my issues as well. Like, what's uh, what's my energy bill going up? You know, you are the cheapest man alive. <laughs> I'm from, I that.
0: just, just got to think you about can't, stuff. You can't just put a freezer in your garage and plug the fucking thing in and I forget about wanna it. I just
1: want to know. I want to have a I, I, the, 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 you know, profit and loss. I got to figure out what's going on
0: here. I'm going to tell you the answer. I have no fucking clue. That's the answer. <laughs> we'll see, I don't this pay this attention. I got to know this. Are you? Do, do you go into like the appliance store, the, the the Lowe's, the Home Depot, whatever the fuck? Do you read the energy energy saver tags that are on the front of the appliance? No. <laughs> so you do?
1: <laughs> maybe. I'm it's in the market maybe. for a new fridge. And I got it. You know, I hey, look, it's gotta it's gotta pay. It's gotta make money. You, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not I'm not just gonna be putting in a, a, a power. What? My my my, my electricity is expensive as fuck already. So I gotta you know these oh, damn dogs. God. I gotta run the. How much higher do you think the electric bill is going to be if you buy
0: <laughs> the refrigerator that has the higher capacity, which has got to be the number one feature if you're looking for a refrigerator, is the fucking storage capacity?
1: Well, we what are, we we are going bad? big. I'm trying, I'm trying to weigh both here. I'm trying to weigh the capacity of it. We have, like, right now, we have the, the, it kind of opens up in the middle and our freezer. You can't even put a goddamn frozen pizza in that freezer and that annoys me to no end. Uh, yeah. Because it's drastically reduced the amount of frozen pizzas I eat, which is not by choice. Let me tell you, at all. Um, so that that kind of so we're looking for one that's got you know the bottom shelf freezer, you know a little bit more space, that sort of stuff. Still dispenses the water. So I'm weighing all that, but you know if it's, it's a little energy efficient, I'm 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 into it.
0: Yeah, it's you. Just focus on the storage capacity, <laughs> and whether it's gonna, you know, uh, match the rest of the appliances in your kitchen. Those are the two things you don't look at that dopey tag. How much more expensive you think it's gonna? Ha- like realistic? I
1: don't know. That's why I need to know. I wish somebody would tell but you're,
0: me. You're talking about pennies.
1: <laughs> What's that up over the year? Oh my
0: god, you you are
1: something. I could go if on vacation. They- Those extra pennies will help me go on. So see, here's the thing. You you call me. And everybody says, oh, you're cheap. And then then I also get shit for going on vacations. Well, maybe being cheap lets me go on those vacations. Did anybody ever think of that? Listen,
0: whatever extra your electric bill is going (laughs) to be.
1: You don't know that.
0: For plugging in a freezer in your garage, okay? Think of the money you're going to save when you can buy, like, four turkeys instead of one. You're going to make it up. Because that's the point of the extra freezer in the garage, right? So when something's on sale, when you go to the grocery store and they got like buy one, get one free, I don't know, racks of rib or whatever the fuck, you can stock up because you know you have the room. And then you end up saving money on the back end. Ah, see,
1: you're there, quiet now. no, okay, now you got me thinking. All right, go. I'm continue, speaking your continue, language continue, now. Continue. See, I'm
0: speaking, right? <laughs> and that applies for all things, like when the ice cream's on sale, or or the fucking frozen pizzas, the Creech frozen pizzas, or the hot pockets are down to a dollar Then you load up, you fill your freezer. You don't have to buy them the rest of the year. You don't have to spend three dollars on the hot pockets because you bought forty of them for a dollar twenty-five. You see what I'm saying?
1: Just pick my language now. You there. are, you're, you're there. You go. You had to work it away. But you got it. And,
0: that, and got that's it. making up for the, I don't know, extra $1. eighty on your electric <laughs> bill every month. Okay? Because that's really what it's coming down to here. This is insanity that I'm hearing. So go get yourself. Do this this weekend. Go to fucking Home Depot. Okay? And you don't have to get... I'm telling you, you can get one for like 80 bucks if you catch them on the right day at the right sale. And and, and you can, you'd be, you be saving money. You'll be going to Iceland twice a year. How about that?
1: Oh, wow. That's okay. Thank you. I uh, See, you just had to speak my Like, you just told me, oh, uh, who cares about them? But you, you, that's the way I need to be heard is that I could buy eight frozen pizzas at once when they're on sale and I'm good the rest. Now we're talking. Now you're talking Cratech language here. So thank you very Rich,
0: much. I, I, I forget what I have out there. Well, that's okay.
1: This is also the issue too. Is everybody that I've ever known that has one of those just fills it to the fucking brim and then never knows what's in them. Yes, yeah, so like my now father-in-law. Then I, think I wanted he, to give him. We got an extra turkey this year because my work gives us turkeys. And we had about or whatever. So I was like, "Hey, do you want my turkey?" He's like, oh, "I got four in there already." I'm like, "How long have those been in there for?" Like, yeah, yeah, years. Yeah. Like that's the problem. Is do I really want like just like a tre- like just a random assortment of meats that have been in this random fucking freezer that I'm paying for every single month for you know a, a five six years or whatever? Do I really need like nine racks of ribs that I'm not going to eat throughout the year? I mean that that's the issue. Is I I would need to I would need to know and and, and guarantee that I'm going to be able to use that stuff because everybody that I know like you. And everyone else, like I'm saying, everybody—it just filled to the. Br- you open that thing, and you can't even see. Everything's got freezer burn all over it. It's a disaster, and it's like, well, what? What did you really do with this? Like, you just filled it with this bunch, bunch of shit, and you don't know what's in this. So I don't well, know.
0: You, you gotta buy items that are, in, that are in your regular meal rotation, right? It's only gonna get overflowed with stuff you're never gonna touch when you go outside the box and get too crazy with it, but. If you know you're going to eat – if you know you're going to cook three turkeys in 2020, then you buy three turkeys. You don't buy six. You see what I'm saying? Like you got to plot that shit out. Or if you regularly eat uh, fucking rib roast, I don't know, then when there's a deal on rib roast, you buy a bunch of rib roast because you know that's in your rotation. But if you start going outside the box and start buying shit that you don't eat like fucking – let's say you don't eat lamb chops right if there's a deal on lamb chops you lay low and they're just <laughs> right. going to sit in the freezer cuz you're going to be like i don't i don't eat lamb chops you know i don't eat this shit so you got to be smart about it too but i know you you're so cheap and thrifty that any deal you'd be buying it just for the deal and then you'd be the guy with the freezer burnt lamb chops. No,
1: I don't waste. I don't. Bare I'm bare not a food rock. waster. No, I'm not. That that is one thing that I am not, though. I buy the bare minimum amounts <laughs> of food. So don't. Uh, I, that is not me. I, I even with the chest, and that's my worry of the chest is like I would feel like I'd become that guy to buy everything you need, guy. Because right now I'm not that. I buy the absolute minimum that I need. I hate throwing food away. I, I, I make sure that I don't buy too much of of, of one thing. But I, I, I think I've be So
0: I don't throw nothing out either. You should see these brown bananas. I'm feeding <laughs> these. Kids. <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm like, you can make a smoothie eat. out of it. I mean, come on, there's so much you could do with it. So.
0: I'm like, look, someone's got to eat this banana. We're not hungry. I don't <laughs> care. You got to eat this banana. It's got to get <laughs> eaten today. Is bananas getting eaten today, or I'm never buying bananas again. Eat the banana.
1: We bought a uh, we bought a composter, an outdoor composter, these uh, recently, just because we wanted to. Any of the food that we were throwing away, we wanted to at least conserve that food and make it into something else. So now I gotta trot my ass out you know, in the cold, in the cold, in the dark to throw some fucking moldy bananas into a composter and, and spin that thing a few times. So that's where my yeah. life's at right now. So
0: yeah, no, yeah, I'm like you. I don't. I, no food gets wasted. Are you? Are you one of these guys who like? Uh, when it's time to go grocery shopping again, the cupboard is fucking bare, like you have nothing in the house?
1: Uh, pretty much, yeah, pretty much. Or what happens is we 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 go to the store and i ask michelle hey uh or, you know the nurse or whatever i ask her hey do we have blank or whatever do we have this and she goes i don't know well, let's just get new ones and i'm like i think we have i think we have black beans like don't buy them again and she buy and then when we come home the first thing i do is i walk up and go look we have black beans already like it's an argument every time like we can't have two black like two cans of black beans that are gonna last for 9 years it like infuriates me that we had black beans yet we still bought new black beans it, it, it.
0: <sighs> yeah you, you're a piece of work what you got to do <laughs> You gotta walk around the kitchen before you go shopping.
1: I do, but the problem is, like, you, sometimes I, I come home and there's an immediate like, "Oh, we gotta go right now." I gotta do this. I'm like, all right, whatever. What did you did you check what we have? Yeah, I did. Okay, cool. All right. And I rely on her sometimes to do, and 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 she just doesn't have it because I'm that way. I'm like, all right, what's on the list? Boom. We I promise we have that. And I'm digging through. Every, it takes us an extra hour to leave for the grocery store because I'm digging through everything to make sure. No, no, no. We I think we have two drops of paprika still left. We don't need to buy a new one. So uh, yeah, no, I I I am that. But you know, not everybody in the household follows. Something. You
0: would you would wait you would wait on the paprika until every last drop is used, wouldn't you? You you, you can't just buy the new one because you know you're going to need it. You you you, I, you slip that in there, two drops of paprika. <laughs> but don't buy it. But then you may run out of the paprika before you want to just buy the new one when you're down to the two drops of paprika. You know,
1: Perhaps. silence. How much I mean, how much paprika am I using though?
0: I, listen, I use a lot of
1: paprika. I, I do too. I like it a lot. So. Actually, that, that is the one if, – if I go into the spice rack, I think we have like three full things of paprika because I always forget if we have it. And I'm, I'm I'm it's actually kind of the same deal that you're saying. Like I use it a lot. So I'm just like, fuck it. I don't remember if we have it, but I use it. like cause anytime I cook chicken, I usually put, put it on there or something like that. So I'm always like, you know what? Just buy some. I don't know. I think we do, but I, I use a shit ton every single time I cook. So yeah. It's
0: great for poultry. People think Absolutely. it's going it. to no. be too spicy, but it's ah, not. When you cook no, it, it's, not it gives the skin that good crisp. You know, you got you to gotta bake the chicken. You know, or the turkey, you know, cover and then you uncover it for the last X amount of time, depending on the weight. And that paprika gives it that nice crisp. Yeah, you got to use the paprika. So so
1: is that your because this this whole conversation started with me asking you your turkey recipe. Is is, So is there a go to turkey recipe or is there multiple freestyles on that day?
0: I got three or four different. Yeah,
1: you. Oh, we don't need to go through all three or four. Then what what was the go to? What is the the okay? Yeah, TLB, her first Thanksgiving over. You got to impress her. You want you want to lock this thing down. What is the turkey recipe for her? Uh
0: you know the it can never go wrong with your basic paprika recipe it all depends how you stuff it too you got to get the other key too is what what's the what's the bird sitting in okay you got to get a little nice mixture down there you got to get some white wine and some uh some lemon juice because that's going to steam as the bird is cooking and the bird is going to absorb all of that you see, so that's important. People forget that. Sometimes. Oh yeah, no, we,
1: we did. We did white wine and and, and we stuffed it with uh, lemons this year. We did. We stuffed it with lemons and we did uh, cheesecloth actually instead of uh, yeah. aluminum foil this year. We did cheesecloth to kind of uh, on top of it, which added. I mean, it was like uh, it's a terrible word, but it was the most moist turkey I, we had ever made, ever for yeah. sure.
0: That's that's the yeah, the sure sign of a lazy cook or an uninformed cook is if they're just putting like cooking spray on the bottom of the pan and it's like <laughs> oh, yeah, get out of here <laughs> yeah get lost you know I'm not you know I, I'll eat it if it's free but you know you know so yeah that's the key it's like because it's gonna absorb and like I said the other key is keeping it covered and uncovering it for you know just the final home stretch you know, to give it that crisp. You don't want to keep it uncovered the whole time. Like, you had it covered with the uh, what did you, you, had, uh, you cheese said cloth. Yeah, cheesecloth. Yeah, yeah, you know, because then it's, you know, you're going to overcook it, you know, so yeah. there's a lot of different things. That's the thing with poultry. You could do a lot of different. What are
1: we doing here? What am I talking about? <laughs> we don't have any wrestling to talk <laughs> about. No one's having any wrestling shows. We're, we got a bunch of random shit to talk about, but there's no there's no good wrestling stuff going on. <laughs> it's just a well, bunch
0: of stuff. It- about seven years ago, I, I came on this show and told people how to cook a turkey. Remember? And then you disputed that I did that on the. You, you claim that was a lost show, but I'm telling you that one made the air when I told people <laughs> to cook a turkey. that was that year. I gave a tip where you can cook the turkey upside down. That way, all the juices flow into the breast meat instead of flowing downward into the dark meat, which okay, is already. Okay, I do original. remember that. I do remember that. I,
1: I don't know if I remember the original story or you reiterating that story last year, but I do remember that. That's a fantastic... I, I don't have the balls to do that for like the actual Thanksgiving turkey, but that no, bad boy in the it, freezer right now, that's a great idea for that one. Yeah,
0: if you're just cooking for you and the nurse, you should test that. You know, cook it upside down, do everything else as normal, because you'll see uh, those juices instead of. Why do you want those juices to flow down into the dark meat? You want it to flow into the white meat, you know? So that's another strategy you can use. Also, I like to put my lemon slices underneath the skin in between the skin and the meat mm, you know? okay, so, okay. You know, so you know that if, if you're doing a lemon based you know you're not always going to do a lemon based, but you know if you're doing lemon and thyme or something like that you know you you could put the lemon slices you could peel that skin up carefully and i you could do that with chicken too i do that just when i bake you know a chicken or, or chicken I, i'm big on chicken thighs i i cook chicken thighs a million different ways you get those get that lemon right under the skin there right, you go. First. We are, are going to do wrestling at some point.
1: <laughs> at some point. But this is fantastic. It's going to be hungry. <laughs> That's, we got to finish the show quickly so I can go eat again. Yeah, but we have some wrestling to get to uh, this week. Uh, nothing. It- You know, huge in particular, but we wanted to touch on uh, the Marty Skrull contract situation, everything that's going on with that. Uh, His contract expiring and him still working final battle. We'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, Of course, we got to talk about ratings. AEW NXT ratings from last week uh, came out. Uh, You've done a little bit of audio on it, but I think we want to touch on it a little bit more. Also give my live thoughts. I was in the building at last week's Dynamite as well, so just kind of some big picture stuff about AEW that I kind of noticed while being there. Uh, The World Tag League is, uh, there's only 42 nights left of the World Tag League, so we want to touch on that and and get uh, some things at the home stretch. How is this goddamn thing still lasting, this World Tag League? It is unbelievable. Who had the idea of making this thing longer? Who asked for that? Who wanted that? I don't know. It's it's ridiculous. Well,
0: it was, well it was, there's 36 teams in the I tournament, so they all face each other.
1: The worst is you go and look at the standings. You're like, all right, got to be in the home. Oh, my God. And then you look, and they're still like, <laughs> five shows left or something what the hell how is there so many shows why is this happening anyway uh to touch on that a little bit mlw opera cup uh noah's got their one four main event because they're running on the fourth and the fifth we'll touch on that a little bit evolve's got a double shot this weekend Starcade happened it was a show joe's gonna talk about it because he watched it uh then we have nwa power and even the fire which uh aired we're recording this on a tuesday so it aired just before we uh went on The air here. But uh, one thing I wanted to touch on real quick, and and we heard some really good feedback about a few weeks ago. Uh, the show that we 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 all open the show with a discussion of like what was the most important moment of this decade as we're kind of wrapping up, uh, you know the 2010s or whatever, and, and and saying okay, here's you know what moment really stood out, and, and we had a, we had a lot of good feedback on Twitter at Voices Wrestling of people of stuff that we missed or or things that we didn't talk about or whatever, but I think we touched on, I think we we nailed most of them. There was there was like one or two that I was like, oh yeah yeah you're right, that is very important. WWE Network was one that people kept bringing up and how they kind of completely transformed the game, and, and and that absolutely that absolutely is, is one that kind of deserved mention. And I think there was just a few other random ones as well, but um, one thing I wanted to touch on on you real quick, and I don't need an answer from you right away, but the reason why I told you not to prep for this is because I just wanted the immediate what comes to your mind right away is, and I've seen a little bit of talk, talk on this, and I've seen a little discussion, but not a ton, is if you could name a wrestler of this decade, the wrestler that most signified this decade, the best wrestler in this decade, however you want to, however you want to declare a wrestler of the decade if that's you as the guy who put together the best matches the guy who who drew the most however whatever way you want to do it whatever metric you want to use whatever thing you want to use who do you if i say that question immediately without any prep in your mind is the wrestler of the decade
0: okay this one's simple i mean you know last time you 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 wanted to do it blind and i really had to put some thought into it and then we had that good discussion it's okada i mean i i can imagine picking anyone else and maybe you have some other suggestions and you'll try to talk me out of that but I think he's easily decade and arguably the best wrestler of the decade
1: so Uh, I give him
0: both of those accolades honestly
1: yeah and and that's actually it's Um, it's interesting is the reason I I wanted to ask you that is because I was driving and kind of thinking this or whatever and to me I was going to say well I wonder what Joe's going to say because I'm just going to say Okada right away with almost no debate about it either and I think that makes it a little bit more interesting to me, too, is because, yeah. you know, it, it, there's one breath where, like, that moment of the decade, you and I are like, hey, this or hey, that or hey, there's this one. Or, like, but to me, the, there's almost really no debate for Okada uh, being that guy. And that I, I, there's going to be people listening that are, are going to disagree. And I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll bring up some names. and I'll bring up some people. But to me, it was like a slam dunk. And I was kind of curious if you were going to waft a little bit or say, hey, you know, these three or four people or, hey, this guy. But I think Okada the best. But you just you were right with me. Like, where I just was like, no, it's it's got to be Okada. I mean, from, from 2013, 2012 or whatever, or really 2013 until, you know, the end of this decade, he's been in top-level matches, having good matches, in-main events, raising New Japan to new standards and new heights and all that sort of stuff. I mean, there, there to me, is almost no other guy that I would really, like, there's other guys I listen to arguments for, but, like. You're going to, it's going to be an, a nearly impossible task to get me off the Okada train for wrestler of the decade.
0: I, I mean, I'm not even sure I'd listen to an argument for any other wrestler. I mean, because, um, I mean, throw some at me and I'll, I'll talk my, I'll talk through it. But I'm, I'm, as you're talking, I'm think trying to think of other guys. I mean, I might put Tanahashi second. Um. I, yeah, I throw some at me then. Okay. Yeah, I, it, I I can't.
1: Here's a few that kind of came to my mind as I was sort of thinking. I was like, okay, Okada definitely number one to me, but other guys that I would think of and, and, and names that I saw kind of doing some research. There was some thread on Reddit that I checked it out as well. Uh, here's some names, and, I, and you can give me immediate yes or no's. So we don't have to go through you know extended diatribes about each guy, but um, right. AJ Styles was one that got mentioned a bunch.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, he had he was a you know pretty significant to New Japan there more than maybe people would give him credit for now. And he came into WWE very hot, and probably had um, his first year was excellent, but the last two years have been—he's just been a guy. And before he came to New Japan, he was really just spinning his wheels in TNA.
1: I think that so- that that period to me sinks him the most. Is is that whatever? I mean, yeah, Sokka wasn't around during that period, but so you know, it's it's like. You know, AJ was around this entire decade. So maybe you give him credit for that and the fact that he. You know.
0: Yeah, but uh, you know what? But Okada, it wasn't doing anything.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no,
0: but Okada really did. 2012, Rich. I mean, right. we're talking January 2002. So he really has the full. You know, you're only talking 10 and 11 that he wasn't significant. Uh, you know, he's got eight years where he was. So I don't even. I can't even knock Okada for that. But, but yes, yeah, Styles, I mean, it was the end of the TNA run where he was really just spinning his wheels. It wasn't even close. It was like the worst part of his TNA career in the beginning of the decade comes the new Japan in 2014 has those great two years or whatever in both new Japan and ROH. He was very important to ROH as well. And the Indies. Okay. He had that uh, nice indie run too. And then uh, a, a good first year came in WWE tremendous debut at the Royal Rumble had a good first year. But the last two years in WWE, he's just been another cog, another meaningless cog in the wheel and really hasn't even been having great matches. The dirty secret with AJ is he hasn't been a great wrestler for about two years. And whether you want to blame the house style or his age, I don't, I really aren't, I'm not concerned with the reason. I'm just concerned with the output. Right. And, and it just hasn't been there. So no, because when you're talking AJ, you're really only talking uh, three or four years. Out of the decade, and I still don't think those three or four years could touch what Okada has been doing. So no, no on
1: AJ. Yeah, I, I agree. I had the same things as well. And that early, t- the, the the early part of the decade, the TNA run. I mean, he was. I mean, that's when he goes on the Observer ballot, just falls off right away to no fanfare. You know, WWE doesn't even offer him a contract or whatever the hell the situation. Was. Like people don't realize how low things were for AJ there it, for a while, and and and. And obviously, by hard work and, and, and tremendous work in New Japan and, and Ring of Honor and elsewhere, he he got to where he was now and had, yeah, w- one of the better, like, kind of four, three, four-year runs, like you were saying. But, yeah, not, it's not enough to make an entire decade. So a
0: contender for number one? No way. You want to say he's in the top ten? That's sure. Oh, absolutely.
1: No, I, he'd probably be in my top ten, but he's he's, he's not for number one, no, for sure. Uh, you mentioned Tanahashi a little bit earlier. I think he's he's got a definite case. But to me, if you make the case for Tanahashi, it's like, isn't Okada oh just a better case on all levels?
0: Yes, he is, because you know Okada obviously surpassed him in every way, and Tanahashi took a back seat. And now Tanahashi, over the last year and a half, two years, we're, we're really starting to see him wear down. Where before it was kind of just like shit people would say, and then we'd have great matches anyway, but now it's pretty clear that he's in that decline, uh, serious decline phase. And um, I mean, you know, but he, he was the one who got Okada over. This is why I say... Tanahashi is my working number two, unless you come up with someone who I would put out of him.
1: Uh two names from WWE here. John Cena.
0: Cena, obviously the back end of the decade, he really tailed off because they they downcycled him and now and you know now he's just disappeared. Um probably the number one WWE wrestler, depending where you stand with Roman Reigns. Um, but yeah, Cena, yeah, I mean, can't put him ahead of Okada. I can't see that. But, you know, if you want to argue him or Tanahashi, I could, you know, we could do that.
1: Yeah, I I think the thing with Cena is that there were like the early part of the decade I think is a little bit better than maybe people give it credit for and there's some there's some other <laughs> shit obviously in the early part of the decade. But you know by 2011 once Punk and, and 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 Brian and those other guys are kind of in there and 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 doing stuff and then you obviously you have the Brock you know, feud and, and, and those matches. And 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 then we reached a period where Cena was, like, very good. I mean, this is, like, the Indy Cena run where he's throwing out Yoshi Tonics and having these, like, incredible fucking pay-per-view matches with Kevin Owens or whatever. I mean, those were that was a great run he had there in that, like, 2015 to 2000-whatever, 2000 uh, 17 or so run that he had. But, like, to me, it, it, it's tough because, like you said, he's been a ghost these last three years, basically, or last two years, uh, for the most part, where he comes in, does his long little shot or whatever, and then he's kind of gone. So it, it's hard to make that case. And I think he might have a better case than people think, but not a number one case at all to me, just because I the longevity if, is just not quite there.
0: Yeah, if you want to nick him for the end of the decade and, and call it even with Okada's first two years of the decade being a non-factor, that's fair. Um, so if you want to tell me that, if you want to put Cena ahead of Tanahashi and say that he's the top challenger for Okada, I don't have any problem with that. No problem with that at all.
1: Uh, Daniel Bryan was a name I saw brought up a lot as well. And, and, uh, maybe, maybe he's, he's got an retired. interesting yeah oh, go ahead you go first. you go straight. well no the, the only thing i'm saying is like i think initially what you have to think is is there is a little part of that indie run in this decade as well there's a, a sminge of it not not much it's a very small amount of it and then you obviously have the WWE run but but i'm right with you is is it's hard to vote a guy and it's hard to say he's number one when when yeah he missed what two years or whatever two and a half years whatever it was you know being retired and 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 even then I haven't really loved his output since he came back. So you're really voting for what the early part of the decade of Daniel Bryan was too. And and even then, like there were years where he was just doing you know bullshit NXT or bullshit you know dirty developmental stuff that isn't that good, or he's just doing bullshit like undercard stuff that's just not that good. And and obviously people look at the high moments and look at the high marks or whatever. And yeah, there were real high highs, but I think there was too many lows and too many lulls and and just too many you know uh, uh, periods where he's just not around to to make a a a real good case for him as as the best of the decade.
0: Yeah, this is a guy, this is another top 10 guy. I'll give you that. And this is a guy who peaked as good or better than anybody in the decade. I'll give you that too. Um, but like you said, there's some real lulls in that WWE run, period. Um, The period. Heel, the heel stuff, you know, before the, the Yes Movement, uh, B-plus player, period. Um, that, you know, none of it was bad, but none of it was... Uh, you know, stuff that was going to uh, light your world on fire. And, you know, he, he, you're right. He did have some, uh, some indie stuff in there. But then again, he, he was retired for two or three years. And then he comes back and he was okay for a while. But again, this is kind of like now, you know, he's not doing anything. Uh, it, this, the, the return has not been any kind of massive success by any le- And if you listen to the whispers, you know, it's like he's not even happy with his return. And he's disappointed with it. And he's talking about retiring again because he's been so disappointed with what he's been given to do on his return. So, you know, you have the heel title run with the with the hemp belt and all that. And it just, you know, it, it, it no. I mean, top 10 guy. Yes, but too many peaks and valleys to, to challenge Okada. All
1: right, let's get some let's get some deep ones here. It's ones that'll get you thinking a little bit here. Takashi Segura.
0: Now, listen, this is a guy who's going to give you – it's funny because we haven't named anyone who's given us a full 10 years. This guy did. So here you have a guy who was a top-level elite pro wrestler under the radar because people weren't paying attention to a lot of Noah because they were in the shitter for so much of the decade. Um, But this is a guy who had 10 high-level years as a pro wrestler. There's no question about it. The problem is the company he works for. I mean, that's a big problem here. You know, and it's, it's like, maybe that's not his fault, but that's too bad. How can I call a guy the wrestler of the decade, uh, you know, who who just didn't work the big time matches? And, you know, and I can't even tell you that, it, was he a better wrestler than Okada this decade? Maybe some people will say that he was. I watched all of Takashi Segura's shit, and I'm a big fan of his. I can't tell you he was a better wrestler than Okada this decade. I'd go with Okada. So unless you've got to be way better than Okada, if you're going to come from a small promotion or a promotion that was struggling all decade long like he did, you got to be significantly better than Okada because Okada just blows you away with every other part of the argument. Right. Because Okada was just such a transcendent star and he's a first ballot Hall of Famer and he's an enormous draw and all of those things. That shit counts too. So I don't think Segura was so significantly better than Okada where it can outweigh all of it. I don't even think he was better than Okada anyway, period. But, you know, even if you think he was, it, 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 he's got to be so much better. that it's overwhelming. So that's a guy, though, who'd be a real sneaky sleeper pick for like a top 10 because he's been so great for the whole decade. But I, come on, I can't take him seriously as the wrestler of the decade.
1: I right, can't. absolutely. Yeah, I think he's one that'd be fun to kind of have a discussion about, but like then you ultimately like put him eighth and just be like, hey, you know, he's eighth. You know, no one's talking about this guy, and and you you know, you tout him and you say all this, and then people say, Well, what are you gonna ranking him? You're like, well, he's like eighth or seventh or whatever, you know. Like But that's fine, that's good, that's not bad from coming where he comes from, but yeah, it's it's tough to make a case for him. I
0: mean, how many one. I mean, he's had some great matches this decade and he's a great wrestler, and we both love him, but it's like How many legendary matches did he have this decade? I can name legendary matches that these other guys. Right,
1: right. Segura has been like consistently good for a decade, but that is that enough to 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 make you, you know, consistently great. I should say he's been he's been great, but it's not like he's not like unbelievable. Yeah, legendary is a a great term to use because it's
0: there's nothing legendary. He had a he had a tremendous title run two years ago that we talk about all the time, and and just unfortunately not a lot of people are paying attention. But he doesn't have that legendary stuff that these other guys have, so I can't. I can't put him in a serious conversation for number one. But you want, again, top 10, let's talk. Oh, one quick note on him too. Do you think he's done enough now, considering that Kenta hasn't been there in like a fucking half decade now, and Marafuji just is a shell of himself and completely fell off the shelf? Do you think there is a case that he is the greatest Noah wrestler
1: of all time now? Ooh, yeah. You know what? Yeah, I think there is. I mean, everybody, uh, all those other guys have kind of came and went and and moved on or or done different things or or had you know left a company or did whatever. He's still fucking there. It is so it's a weird debate. Like, how do do you count like guys that had huge moments? Because obviously, I don't think he has. If you had the the top ten Noah moments of all time, like I don't know how many of those he's in. He's maybe in a a couple. But do you account for the fact that he's been there and consistent and, and prolific and? That's an interesting debate there. That is really, really interesting.
0: I mean, because, you know, obviously there have been other wrestlers throughout Noah's history who have had higher peaks and were bigger stars. That's not even debatable. Right, right, right. right. But he's always been there. And then he just had the unfortunate circumstances of, well, and, you know, we can't – he's not blameless. Because if – what I was going to say was he didn't become a top guy or the top guy until the company was in – a a much different place till it really realistically wasn't... It was basically a big indie. Let's call it like it is. Okay? But that's not his fault, but it's also his fault. Because if he was super charismatic and he was a legitimate superstar, he would have been in the mix when Kobashi was around and when Kento... You see what I'm saying? So it's like... So he's not totally blameless in that regard, but in terms of he's been there throughout Noah's entire history and has been pretty great through all of it. So is that enough to overcome, you know, the shorter stints of the guys who retired and moved on? It's an interesting question, but I do think there's a case that he is the greatest wrestler and pro wrestling Noah history.
1: Yeah, that's, that's, that's really interesting to kind of think about as well. Uh, one more name that I'm going to bring up. And then I don't know if you have any off the top of your head. And obviously uh, anybody listening to this at voices, wrestling or the voice, wrestling, discord, uh, voice, wrestling.com slash discord uh, to let us know uh, any ones that you think are, are, are actual contenders. Don't give us like just, People that like you like like that's not the case. Like, who is the wrestler of the day? Who is the best wrestler? We don't need every guy that wrestled or every girl that wrestled that you like or whatever. Best wrestler of the decade? We're talking about the the absolute top top tier. I'll give you one more name, Joe, to possibly think about: Brock Lesnar. Um, I'm not voting for him, but I'm just saying I think it's an interesting discussion.
0: There's definitely something special about him. We talk about his aura all the time and how is bring something different to the table. And he's been... Look, he doesn't wrestle every week on Raw, obviously, but he's been back longer than you think. Like He's been there pretty much the whole decade at this point. When did he come back? 2012 or thirteen? 2013, yeah. I
1: believe, is when he came back. So, yeah, it's been a while. God, God, is it 2012? It might be 2012 now that I think about it. Let me find out. Uh, Extreme Rules, Brock Cena. When was that? 2012. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, he's been April. there for... Yeah, April 2012.
1: The Shit. Wow.
0: And if, if you want to talk about... Legendary or super memorable matches, he ticks that box. Okay, you can run off, Rich. You can run off ten Brock Lesnar, you know, super memorable slash legendary matches. You could do it instantly. Um, Not all, not and and it's interesting with him because it's not because they were like great or or in ring classics, but he, like him or not, he brings something memorable to the table. He's just he's special in that regard. So, I mean, I, I, I can't put him over Okada, um, but he's he's definitely someone who brings a different kind of argument to the table um, and, and can't really be discounted. Um, you, d- you didn't bring up Roman Reigns. It's interesting because I briefly brought him up. Is that because you don't consider him a contender for something like this or... Is it because uh, of some other reason? Like why? Why not? Why no Roman Reigns in the discussion? I don't know. Should
1: to me, it? I don't know. I don't think he's worthy of it. To be honest, I I don't think he's done enough this decade. I I don't know. I I may be. I might be anti Roman or or whatnot or whatever the hell people want to say. But I just I don't feel it from him. I I think he's largely. I mean, I I think what we're seeing right now is kind of a. I don't want to say the failure of his push or whatever, but it's just kind of like he is not that important. They're just kind of like letting him out there and and, and seeing what the fans do with it. It's It was years of like really a failed forced push. Some good matches in there, uh, of course. Some really, really good matches in there, of course, as well. But to me, ultimately, like I don't know that I would consider him a business success on any level whatsoever. I would consider his push kind of a failure you know, multiple times. And what we see now is kind of the the the, the end of that is like he's – and, and that's not to say they're not going to fire him up again and they're not going to do something with him again, but it doesn't feel like he's really that important to the company right now, which was interesting given how much they try and try and try with him. So I don't know. To me, he feels ultimately like this decade was kind of a failure for him even though there was so much big stuff about him too. But I guess you could say the same about Dan O'Brien. Same, you could say the same about a few other guys as well. But to me, I don't know. He just didn't, he didn't jump at me. And, and that might be because I never really liked his main event matches as much as a lot of other people did. So that might be where I judge it a little bit differently than, than some others. Because they were good, but I never, like, people really liked those matches. And I just thought they were fine, most of the, you know, the high-level ones. Too
0: much failure attached to him. Is basically kind of
1: right. Doesn't he kind of feel like as we're rounding out this decade, as the decades ending or whatever? You know, pedantic. I guess it's not ending till next year, whatever. Screw it. Twenty tens <laughs> are ending. Who cares? Um, he he feels like ultimately like a failed case. Like he feels more like a Lex Luger and a Diesel than he feels like a superstar. Right? Like we're gonna go into January twenty twenty with Roman Reigns just being a dude on the roster, just being a guy, and that's like
0: yeah, I. I- I honestly think that's by design. I'm not disputing your argument because... No, I agree. The, I
1: think it is as well, but...
0: Yeah, I, I think that um, there's just too much failure attached from The Undertaker disaster at WrestleMania, which was just a fucking disaster of a match, um, getting booed out of the building at these WrestleManias. like I'm not moved by the idea that he main-evented four or five WrestleManias in a row when he got booed out of the building in those matches when he was designed to get cheered. So it's like... You know, it's like they... They wanted him to be the wrestler of the decade, right? But it's just, it's just a trail of failure every step of the way. And um, now what I think the reason he's sort of a guy on the roster right now is I really think that they're hitting a quiet reset button on him and they, they realized, okay, they're not going to accept him if we're telling them that he's the top guy. We have to lay low with him, stop giving him bad promos, stop pushing him at the top. And let the people pick him now. I think that's what they're trying to do with Roman, and I think that's why he's sort of been a mid card guy or an upper mid card guy. I think they want the people to feel like they picked him this time, because in the modern WWE era, that's how it has to be, or the fans turn on you. So, I think that's kind of what. If you you know the way he's booked, he's he just comes across not as uh, forced anymore. He comes across a little cooler as a personality because they're not giving him a ton of promo time with scripted shit. I think he's going to win the Royal Rumble, and I think they're going to put him in there with The Fiend, and I think they think that there's no way he's going to get booed against The Fiend. I don't know how that's going to (laughs) turn out. I think that, you know, Roman versus The Fiend might be a recipe for disaster for all involved because I think The Fiend, everyone might be tired of The Fiend by then and his stupid red lights. But that's a conversation for another day, which I'm sure we're going to have because I think he's winning the Rumble if I had to pick today. But I think that's kind of what's happening with Roman. But, yeah, I agree with you. There's just too much failure attached to him, which kind of suffocates the good because he did have some really great matches. But, I mean, Rich, if we're being fair, did he even sniff the amount of great matches that Okada had? I mean, mean, come on now. Okada has more great matches in, like, a G1 than Roman has in two years. I don't even think that's controversial. You know what I mean? Well, like,
1: I'm sure it will be to some, but who cares about those people?
0: Yeah, but they're wrong.
1: They're idiots. Yeah, they're wrong I mean, and they're idiots, so that's fine.
0: I they're, mean, they're wrong. I mean, you know, everyone's entitled to an opinion, but your opinion f- might fucking suck, okay? He, Okada has had G1s where he's had more great matches than, like, and, and, and he's not even, I don't even think Okada's been, like, the best G1 performer in that company. That's neither here nor there. But, but anyway, um, I'll throw a couple quick hitters at you. It, who would you put higher on that list? Roman or Seth? Roman. Okay. How about Will Ospreay? Mm,
1: that's tough now. <laughs> that's because he's, if you really go back and look at how, if, if you were into that scene, listening to this show, you know, listening to us, put him over. I mean, you got to go back now. This catalog goes until what? 2014, 15 for Will.
0: I think he broke in as a spot, total spot monkey around 13. Is when he started. And then 14, I think he had the series with Seidel. Mm-hmm. And, then by 15, and then by 15, he was like, okay, this guy has learned how to sell and he's starting to be pretty great. And then, you know, by like 17, he's the best wrestler in the world. So it's like maybe maybe too late on the scene. He might be one of those guys who gets caught where his peak is in between two decades. So he never really would be a contender for something like this. You know what I mean? Cause he's like peaking now at the end of a decade and he's going to be good for like 10 years, but like his super peak is going to be split between this decade and the next decade. Right, seriously. right, right, right. So, you know, I mean,
1: if, if, if you're asking me rich crates right now, I'm yeah. taking will over, over Roman. I mean, that might be controversial to some people, but he's, I, I've liked the hell, a lot of what he's done the last five years or whatever has been pretty fucking great. So
0: well, I don't know if there's a wrestler outside of Okada, two years ago that had a year like Will Ospreay had this year. And I don't even know if Alcada matched. Will Ospreay's year this year is so good that there's not adjectives to describe how good it was. When you look at how great he was in the best of the Super Juniors in the G1. I mean, okay, this isn't all created equal, but I didn't have him. He didn't have a single match under four stars for me in the best of the Super Juniors. And I know that's not everyone's opinion, but I know a lot of people agree with me and I know some of the people who don't You know, he bottomed out at, like, three and a half, you know, and had eight matches that were, like, four and a half. I mean, it's absurd. And then he went and did the same thing in the G1. It's like, and then all of the, you know, the Abushi match at Wrestle Kingdom. And this is probably a better conversation for end-of-year awards. But this is a legendary in-ring year, the likes of which we may have never seen. Right.
1: Nobody's had an opportunity to have that many good matches either. Like, he, he took that opportunity to have good matches. And then had good matches in every single one of those. Were G one's, best of the super juniors, all this stuff. You know, traveling around, he he never stopped. Like this year was just insane with the the amount of matches he wrestled, the amount of good matches he wrestled, and the amount of like legendarily good matches that he wrestled this year is yeah it's, it's, it's unlike anybody ever because no one's ever no one's ever had that opportunity to have that many good matches unless you count like guy that's on TV every single week but even those guys on TV don't have the opportunity to go out there and do what Will was able to do during all the best of the Super Juniors and all the G1 and all the, the Super Junior Tag League and that sort of stuff I mean nobody they just don't get that opportunity there's just not that chance to, to, to do that I mean in a perfect world yeah you go out there you got your 10 minutes of TV time you can have an incredible match every single week but that's just not how it works we, we know that that's just not how it's going to be so for like most guys like they don't have the opportunity to have you know 30 matches under their belt that have the potential to be good and 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 then with all fucking 30 or whatever those make them all good like that's the thing there's, there's like nothing bad there's just a few you know matches that didn't live up to standards but otherwise yeah it was just that run is like the most prolific run that yeah, but,
0: but, yeah, those standards are like this is going to be a match of the year and it's like yeah, it was only four stars like it, like that's what we're dealing with with this guy so he may have had the best year ever bell to bell and, and the best year of the decade, but he, he just, I think his decade got rolling a little too late. I, I,
1: I'd agree. I I'd still probably have him over Roman and I'm sure that'll make people very upset, but I'm, I'm going with that. So,
0: well, listen. You know, let's do the Desert Island thing. Do you want Will Sprays' Decade Comp Tape, or do you want Romans? It's I not even wills. close.
1: Yeah, I'll take Wills,
0: for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's not even close. I mean, I mean, you'd be nuts to take Romans, unless you're just someone who... Who loves
1: barricades North, falling, right? I guess. If you like guys getting speared into barricades, then uh, hey, Romans a yeah. the guy, I guess. So.
0: Uh, how about... Okay, I know what your answer is going to be, but what about like Chris Hero? Too many... Bad years in WWE. To
1: oh, that's ah, it stinks so much because he had so many good years too. But yeah, nah, not enough there. No, there's just not. I mean, there's there, the indie runs were, were fantastic. One of the WWE runs was good, but like the stuff going on now, the stuff, the late Cassius Ono stuff. Yeah, there's just there's not enough to kind of sink your teeth into there. Who's
0: the absolutely comical pick that people are going to say that is just going to be like, come on, get. It. That's a nice little wrestler, but please get back to reality. Who, who's that going to be? Um, Timothy Thatcher. Um, uh,
1: Mercedes Martinez. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> um, Mercedes Martinez. Not just joking. Um, she comes up a lot when people are just like overinflate. Matches and stuff, and it's like, okay, yeah, it's, it's, I like Mercedes Martinez a lot, but like, it's like ACW needs to sign Marti- Mercedes Martinez real like, still. Entire division's gonna fall, and it's like, all right, like I love, I like Mercedes Martinez a lot, but let's let's reel it in. Yeah, you a, she's bit a here.
0: solid wrestler, yeah. solid. Wrestler.
1: Um, I think if, if if somebody told me Kenny Omega, I would probably roll my eyes at it a little bit.
0: You know what? I, you know, put Omega aside. You know, I don't. You know, I, like I like him more than you, I think. But what about the young bucks for something like this?
1: Hmm. Okay. Yeah. They're tough to rate on this level. You know what I mean? Like, just because they're always there and they're always consistent. They're always fine and they're always good. That's tough. Yeah, they're, they're not the worst pick in the world. They're really not. Man, that's a tough one. They're really not a bad pick because they've had a lot of good matches throughout this decade. But, like, what's... I, I, I'm trying to think of ones that maybe stick out. Or, like you said, the legendary matches or whatever. I don't know that I can, like, reel off a bunch of names for the Young Bucks and a bunch of matches for the Young Bucks. Like, I can say that they've pretty, been, pretty much this entire decade have been pretty damn good and very entertaining to watch, but, like, yeah. It, but the problem with this decade, too, don't you have a little bit of the late TNA run still kind of festering in there? Yes, you do. Yeah, you got a little bit of that. And, and I, I wouldn't say they really got off... Because like, I, I liked them forever. I mean, I, from the moment I saw them in Ring of Honor the first time, when they were just these dorks, and, you know, in Ring of Honor, you could argue they're still dorks today, but, like, I always thought they were good. So my level of Young Bucks you know, whatever, whatever their window is, is probably long. you know, bigger than others. But for most people, what, like 13 is probably when they really started discovering the young bucks and really discovering that they were good. I'd
0: say like 14 or 15 is when it was like, okay, they're the best tag team in the world and they're doing special things in terms of marketing themselves and things like that. Um, but yeah, probably not a complete look outside of cigarette. There's not a ton of guys who have that complete deck. That's a hard thing to do to be awesome for 10 straight years. The list is very short of guys where you can, you can think of like, who else is there? I mean, you look at Ishii, he didn't really emerge until 2013, right? He didn't really have a great 2012, 2013. He burst through and has the great year and he's been great ever since. Um, I'm trying to think Miyahara. He didn't really emerge until the middle part of the decade, at least as, you know, a a game changing superstar for, for for all Japan's fate. Um, You know, Junakiyama would have, but he started to tail off in the last year or two. So uh, there's a guy who the previous two decades did have full decades of, of greatness, but this decade, he, he, the last couple years, I, you know, this year, I can't call him great. Um, so there's really that's like a harder exercise to me trying to find people who were great for the entire decade with no years missed to injury right. or, or you know whatever you know stuck in developmental for some company or just a down year or just you know it's it's hard. So you know it's it's I don't really want to nick guys for missing a year or two on the front or the back end, but people like. Willow, Spray, and the Bucks, I just think they got going way too late in the decade to seriously contend for something like that because they didn't really get rolling at that super high elite level until halfway through the decade.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. So fun little exercise there. These are kind of fun when we have these, you know, not a ton to talk about in terms of shows to review and preview and stuff. But yeah, to me, it was an Okada slam dunk. Um, I'm curious what other people think, obviously, at Voices Wrestling, uh Voice Wrestling Contrast Discord. And again, don't give us just a list of fifteen guys that were good. And <laughs> we are like talking about best of the best here. Guys that are absolutely gonna be on that list and and and, and you really have contention to be uh, you know the best. Of the entire decade. So uh, let's get into uh, some of the news and notes here from the week. We'll start out with the AEW NXT ratings discussion. As I said, uh, you did a little audio on this already, but I know we wanted to jump in a little bit more and talk a little bit more about this. Um, first off, what are your kind of initial takes uh, when you saw the, the the numbers that came out for last Wednesday? Obviously, they were delayed because of the holiday. We got the numbers uh, NXT with a big win in overall viewers. Uh, but in the demo, AEW a- 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 with a slight edge. We'll get the numbers here uh, in full in a sec. But, yeah, overall, what you kind of think of uh, and react to the ratings? Or did you kind of have the thought that a lot of people had of, like, this week is really the weird week. And, and, and should we really even care or, or freak out or, or really debate this week all that much, given it's the holiday? But, but what do you think overall when you saw those numbers?
0: Patreon.com slash Voices of Wrestling. I did 15 minutes on this on Mondays. Monday news roundup. I will give you the cliff notes version of what I had to say there, because a lot of um, the people listening heard me talk about this already. And we're going to give rich the floor to give his takes, but uh, my abbreviated version of, uh, of what I had to say behind the paywall, which you can listen to for uh, $5. And then which opens up every piece of content we've ever done and will do for the rest of the month is uh, uh, the headline grabber was the viewership gap between NXT and AEW, but that's not the story to me. The, the story to me here is how close NXT came in the demos. Uh, they still lost every demo uh, under 50 years old, which they have every single all, you know all 10 weeks of this head-to-head battle, but they came perilously close to taking some of those demos for the very first time. I think only the female demos is where the gap was still pretty wide between AEW and NXT so to me that's the real story here not the viewership gap uh, but how close NXT came to winning the 18 to 49 demo number one because it was 0.26 to 0.24 and, and, and how close they came to, to, to winning uh, most of those demos they really cut through the margin in terms of how I analyze it um, you know I, I, I can't until to me we see what happens this week and then what happens the following week? Because if AEW pops back up to the point three four, point three five, point three six range in the demo this week, then to me, last week is is essentially means next to nothing. It's meaningless. If they if they bounce right back to the levels they were doing before last week or, or or, you know, uh, then it was just an anomaly due to the holiday, okay? Um, if they don't, then that's very bad for them. Now, in two weeks, I think it, it, it is, is truly the telling number, though, because, and, I, and I'll, look, we don't have a huge data set to work with, right? But, and we don't have a ton of history, but what we do have is Game 7 of the World Series, okay? And for Game 7 of the World Series, we saw sort of this same pattern, AEW lost a far bigger percentage than NXT did for Game 7 of the World Series, right? But then they bounced back all the way within two weeks. Right. They got most of it back the first week, and they got all of it back by the second week, okay? And they were still beating NXT by the same margins in all of the demos, doubling them and tripling them in in, in some of those demos. So that's really the only thing close to a comp that we have to work with we saw the same pattern for this holiday number the day before Thanksgiving. Both shows take a hit, but AEW takes the bigger hit. So what this tells me is, and we'll see what happens later this week, if AEW bounces back again next week and is doing right back in that same range they normally do, I'll say say 0.35 or 0.36 minimum in the demo and somewhere upwards of 800,000 viewers. If they do that this week, the holiday number That we're talking about now meant absolutely nothing. It's completely meaningless. And what it tells me is now we have an established pattern of okay, the AEW viewers who we already know are younger, we know that across the board, they have younger viewers. They're not only younger, but they're more apt to participate in bigger things in the culture. A game seven of the World Series comes up, a major holiday comes up, uh, some cultural event. Whereas the WWE viewer, is a little bit older and is more loyal to the brand and they they, they're going to be more apt to nope this is my wrestling night i'm going to watch this and they're going to be less likely to participate in things happening that are bigger in the culture do you understand the point i'm making here because that's, that's sort of a pattern that may be developing here where the AEW fans are younger and maybe a little bit hipper maybe you know i don't want to call any wrestling fans hip because we're all a bunch of fucking dorks i mean there's no question but you get the idea
1: not us but everybody else yeah we're cool
0: i mean yeah there's a few people like us every
1: week talking for three hours about it yeah no yeah that's
0: listen i fucked in high school okay so i don't want to hear it but the but it's like the the um wwe fan to me it just the pattern might be that they're just more likely to stick with their wrestling regardless of whether there's an award show or a fucking World Series game or a holiday like this. Whereas the AEW fan might be like, ah, eh, you know what? I have friends and things to do. I'll get back to the wrestling next week. You know, so now listen, I could be wrong. We're going to find out in like three days. By the time people listen to this right now, we will have found out. So, but, but yeah, if it bounces back to the usual levels or even close to the usual levels this week, I think you disregard what happened this week. I think all that tells you is when there's extenuating circumstances, a World Series game, a holiday, a tremendous pay-per-view for NXT. Look, the build to Survivor Series was great, for, especially for NXT, and then they were treated well on the pay-per-view. Absolutely, yeah. So you have to remember, too, this is the first episode of NXT that was the follow-up to a takeover, number one, which we're all forgetting about, and a great pay-per-view for that brand where they did well. And a pay-per-view that was generally well-received. So you have all of those factors combined. Okay? great. Coming off a great pay-per-view. NXT is hot. A tremendous angle building to the pay-per-view. They've done a good job building people like Keith Lee and, and Adam Cole in the short term. And you had the holiday. And AEW still was able to squeak out a, a, a very tight victory in all of the demos. It's like maybe at this stage of the game, it takes that total fucking you know uh perfect storm of circumstances for nxt to even come close so that could be the case and if aw bounces back in the demo in a couple of days i really don't think this number means anything that's sort of where i stand
1: so you brought up some interesting points there, and I agree with most of those. Is we're starting to see a little bit of a trend that the AEW fan base can kind of ebb and flow based on big sporting events, big things going on, holidays, uh, days, you know, big bar days. I mean, it's one of the biggest bar days in in, in the entire year is that you know the day before Thanksgiving or whatnot. So we're seeing that the AEW fan base, at least in the World Series and potentially from this as well, we'll find out in a little bit, does ebb and flow based off that sort of stuff. But to me, what, what, what when I hear that is, I think. <sighs> Some people might see that as a positive. Oh, cool. These fans are going to come back. You know, all these fans will come back eventually, you know, when, when they're done and they're doing other stuff and they're hanging out with their friends and they're watching other shows on TV and they're watching other stuff. But to me, I, I also look at that and go, okay, I, I, if I'm them or I'm a company and I'm, I, I don't want, I want loyal fans. I want those fans that are like WWE that will watch every single week that are going to, no matter what, be there on a Wednesday when something else is on and, and, and something else, you know, is, is relevant or whatever. Because what I look at right now, and, and, and I tweeted this out earlier, and we've had some discussions about this, you know, maybe off air, not necessarily on, on the show. But I look at something like the NBA, who's had, re- had real struggles with ratings so far this year, real big struggles with ratings this year. The Golden State Warriors being a dud is is probably not helping. Steph Curry being injured and them being on so many national TV games that are now just complete blood bats because it's the Warriors versus some other team and the Warriors are just getting their, their, their shit kicked in or whatever. That That's obviously a, a factor. Uh, Zion Williamson being out in the New Orleans Pelicans, they had a bunch of, of national TV games. So again, you're watching another team without its star basically not do very well on national TV or whatnot. So there, there's been some issues and there's other issues just with the NBA in general, but their ratings have kind of plummeted and, and fallen a little bit as well. And we talked talked about this a long time ago as well, is that Wednesday on TNT was an open day because there was no basketball for, for any of the Turner networks. But there is basketball on ESPN that night. And my worry is that, OK, we just say, oh, yeah, it's the World Series. OK, well, there's, th- there's all these events that happen that then AEW loses fans from because then they go and watch those other things. Well, one thing I look at is, OK, the AEW has been had a tremendous benefit from the NBA not being very good this year, and not having great ratings this year, is that going to turn around? Is the NBA going to be able to figure it out? Is the NBA now going to start putting marquee games on Wednesdays? Is when the last half of the year starts happening and every game has playoff implications and big deal implications and MVP implications or whatever, are those games on Wednesdays now going to be big deals and now are those fans that are... As we've kind of discovered, or we're going to see in a few weeks, if these fans kind of ebb and flow with big sporting events, is AEW going to lose even more of a chunk when that happens? Is NXT going to lose a chunk when that happens? If it happens, it might not happen at all, but I think there's, there's this this thing of the NBA out there, and, and their ratings are down almost 20%, I think, on ESPN on, on that Wednesdays. Is that a thing where once that comes back, are they taking fans away from, from AEW and NXT? And if they are taking fans from any of those two. What we've kind of discovered and what I think, and, and, and I think you're kind of getting at that as well, is that it'd be more AEW fans that are more apt to say, ooh, okay, the Clippers versus the Lakers on Wednesday. Cool, I'm going to watch that instead. Or, oh, sweet, okay, it's going to be you know, the, you know, these, the Boston Celtics versus the, the Brooklyn Nets or whatever. Oh, cool, I'm going to watch that instead. That is my worry is that the, they've gotten maybe a little lucky with that the NBA is down so much. And what's going to happen once the NBA, if it does, get back up and once the games start ramping up and once the, the, the stuff seems be, starts being a little bit more important, is that now another chunk out of the AEW audience that they're maybe not accounting for that, that might leave or, or, or might go elsewhere?
0: Yeah, maybe. I mean, I just think it, it's, it's really hard to analyze what any of these numbers meant this week without seeing what happens this coming week. It's really hard. Because this coming week is going to tell us whether NXT has all of this momentum to overtake AEW or whether, you know, AEW, it's just a one week holiday anomaly, which we've seen over the years, holidays just destroy Raw, which is why there's always those qualifiers. This is the lowest non-holiday Monday Night Raw in six years or whatever. Because the holiday – you can't – Right, they run a
1: show out. on Christmas Eve and nobody watches it because no one's it doesn't, sitting it down doesn't watching watching. Yeah, it, it's just completely irrelevant. So.
0: It means nothing. And, and I, I think that if AEW does – if AEW does 820,000 viewers this week and a .37, is anyone going to give a shit that they did a .24 and 660,000 viewers this week? Because they're right back where they were. It tells you that this week was irrelevant. But if they come out this week and they do 718,000 viewers and a point two nine, now now you have a red flag to me. Now you're like okay, okay, people took a week off and they didn't think it was important enough to go back the very next week. And then the number the following week cuz like I said two weeks cuz that's what happened with the World then that one becomes like super super important to see whether you are going to get all those people back. So To me, it's just very, this could be one of those topics where I know it's been the hot topic this week and we're essentially, you know, leading off with it, um, you know, because on this show, we fuck around for an hour before we get into it. But it's like, we could look back in a year or even three weeks and say, oh my God, why did everybody make a big deal out of that Wednesday before Thanksgiving? It was like just a total anomaly. And that we could be having that conversation in three weeks or in three weeks. We could be having a conversation of, all right. What what has caused AEW to lose so many viewers? Because mm-hmm. I think I think landing between eight hundred thousand and a million every week, which is kind of where they had settled, you know, doing an eight twenty or fucking nine ten or eight six. You know, I'm not looking at it, but you get the idea. Okay, everyone was pretty okay with that. Like that's a success. That's a pretty massive success. And the, and finishing fifth and always be somewhere between like fourth and seventh for the night in the demo and. They would, you know, destroy NXT and all the younger done that would, you know, that's successful unless you're one of those crazy people who just are biased by any measure. They were they're pretty successful so far in regards to their TV. It's like, but if they take a significant drop back from that, now you're starting to they're still a success, but now you're starting to be on the brink of oh well, you know, if this thing keeps trending this way, you know, this is getting perilously close to that five five fifty that was sort of the 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 you know, the, the break-even point for, for Turner. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to flirt with that, you know? So, but again, this could all be wasted breath. If in three, now I'm not sure the ratings are either coming out Thursday this week, but I also heard that they could be coming out Friday because the holidays fucking up two of these weeks and everything's all backed up. But whatever day the ratings come out, I think that's when we can sort of analyze the week that we're attempting to analyze now. There's just
1: too many unknowns to me. Absolutely. No no I I agree. And and you know one thing I, I will bring up though is is you know overall kind of big picture stuff looking outside of ratings. It is kind of interesting to see what NXT has kind of done and 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 see like arguably like right now if you ask me Joe what, or, or Rich, you know which, which of these two Companies has more momentum. Which of these two companies feels hotter? Feels like they're more in the conversation. Feels like they're they're. It's going to be NXT right now, and that is off the heels of of like you said, a, a very very good build to Survivor Series. A Survivor Series where they were a big deal on it. Like they do feel like the momentum is kind of on their side. Whereas AEW and 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 again, like I one of the issues about this, and and, and we're again we're doing this as a topic, we're talking about it. But to me, I don't. I if, if I'm AEW. I don't really worry necessarily about winning every single week. Like that's the shit that sunk WCW. Is yes. okay, what do we do this week? Oh, we lost. Oh God, okay, now we gotta do this. Th- like, stay the course if I'm AEW. Stay the course and 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 do whatever you're gonna do and, and and keep, you know, keep on keeping on. But I'm sure that there's internal pressure there. I'm sure there's people thinking, fuck man, NXT is 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 hot right now. You know, they they feel like they're a bigger deal right now. And it'd be easy to be in that building and just say, okay, we got it, we got to do this, we got to do this, we got to, we got to change, we got to do, do this sort of thing, and 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 that is going to be a natural inclination, and I see a lot of people saying, okay, what do you do, how do you fix AEW, what, uh, like, it's got to be, like, this immediate, okay, next week, they fix AEW and everything's fine, and then, then they're destroying NXT and the ratings again, and, and we never go back to this again, but, like, it's not going to be that, and, and really, if I'm AEW... I'm thinking, OK, look, let's let's worry about our business as it is right now, not necessarily worry about if NXT beats us on a weekly basis, not necessarily worry about what what we're doing. Like we want to still win that demo if we can. And, and that's obviously the number one thing you want to do. But, you know, being in attendance there at, 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 at Dynamite last week, I was pretty shocked that the attendance was not at all what I thought it was going to be. It was a lot lower than I thought it would be. I had a buddy who, a few hours, you know, a day before the show, tried to buy a 200 level ticket and was upgraded to a 100 level ticket, and was basically sitting five rows away from me, in you know, a, a media section of, of the arena. Like very, very good seats is what he got. Almost the entire upper bowl was empty except for the, the hard camera side. Uh, very big pockets that were still empty. Full pockets on next to the hard cam, not just not just the hard cam section, but full sections next to the hard cam section had like five or six different people in it. And I was I mean, the last time I had been in that building. Was during all in and seeing that building rocking and, and shaking and oh, my God, every single seat was taken in that place. And then coming there this week and and, and seeing like, oh, all right, like, it's OK, but, you know, it's a it's a 5000 people, 6000 people or whatever, which is good. That's fine. But to me, there, there's there's other things that AEW I think, should be worrying a little bit more about. You know, there's been kind of rumors and mumbling. Like, I think Dave Meltzer mentioned this as well, that that. The, the the rumors are that the advances for Cleveland have not been very good either, and that's coming up in a, in, in a few weeks here. There's there, there's other things that worry me about AEW right now. Not necessarily that they've lost this ratings week or whatever. And that sort of stuff to me doesn't really that that's just. that doesn't account for some big picture stuff that I think AEW should be focusing on first and foremost, which is growing their business and maybe just growing new fans. Like, not necessarily worrying about this week winning and losing the ratings, but worrying about, okay, how are we going to grow more fans? How are we going to get more people watching us, more wrestling fans in general? Not necessarily pulling from NXT to bring to us or whatever. Because, like, you know, and and, and Mike Sempervivi does this, our our friend at F4Wonline.com. He talks about all the time, is, like, there's all this discussion for this, like, very small amount of pie here that we're all discussing, which is, like, is 1.5 million people or whatever, whatever amount you want to say. This you know less than 2 million people that we're just like obsessing over every single month or whatever, which is just nothing. It's just a, it's a drop in the bucket of, of TV. But these are like kind of the wrestling base right now. And to me, I'm worried about is, if I'm AEW, I worry about growing that wrestling base more than I worry about every single week beating NXT or, or, or what we're going to do again NXT. Because I think there are some worrying signs with AEW, not necessarily that they're going to go out of business right away. But there are some signs that I look at and go, OK, look. This isn't as you know, there, there's some things we need to work on. There's some things we need to change and fix and, and, and do a little bit better. And I hope that those guys in there, and I hope that everybody isn't just obsessing over the week to week ratings. And I don't think they are, but we'll see. I, I, I don't know. It hasn't gotten dire yet at any point. So it's hard to say if they are or not.
0: I don't get the idea that they are. Um, they tend to just do their show every week and they're not trying to. Uh, haven't seen them. You know, they haven't added an overrun, which was an old, Monday Night War trick that WWE rolled out almost immediately. Yeah, week one they rolled that out for NXT, which artificial well it doesn't artificially, but sort of inflates your average viewership because everyone from the other show turns on your show after it's over, and then you get a nice bump of twenty thousand, you know, you bump your average up twenty. So you know, they haven't AEW hasn't resorted to any of those kind of techniques, or they're not trying to strategically stack their quarter hours against what's going on on the other show. I don't get the sense. And also it's a promotion that feels like to me is very well, is very well booked long-term. It feels like they seamlessly go from, you know, one story to the next. It feels like it's all plotted out. So I I don't get the sense that there's any kind of panic or, but again, I I wouldn't even, you know, I wouldn't even worry I agree with you that they shouldn't be concerned with winning the ratings every week. That's such a small and insignificant battle, okay, to, to, to hyper-focus on making sure you win the ratings every week. But quite honestly, I am still not convinced that NXT is close. I want to see NXT come close in those demos in a normal week before I say that they're close. Rich, we're two weeks removed from them being doubled in all the demos. I mean, what, so what are we doing here? Can, can I have more definitive evidence than a holiday that this thing is close? You know what I mean? I, I, I'm not convinced. In three days, I might be convinced. And this is what I've been saying all along in this segment. I'm not convinced right now. This could all be a, a giant fucking nothing. You know, and this is what happens when you hyper-focus on ratings every week. You know, and, and, and it's because it's interesting right now and people are going to do it. Sometimes you have these weird weeks for whatever reason. and This one was because it was the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. So we got a weird week. You know, we had a weird week, Game 7 of the World Series, and there's going to be more weird weeks. But, you know, we'll find out in a couple of days if it was not a weird week and it was a sign of something. And that's why we're all kind of in the unknown right now. But it wouldn't stun me at all if this week AEW has a, a one-and-a-half-time lead in the demo again. It would not stun me at all. because. You're going to tell me that simply based on Survivor Series and based on one week all of the young viewers that were watching AEW have decided, "Oh, I'm watching NXT now. I don't know if I buy that. Why would I buy that?" Things don't happen that quickly. You know, there was no slow build to that. They're getting crushed in the demo like usual every week. Even the the other week where they they won in total view, they 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 got beaten the demos. So I I don't think Pendulums just don't swing that fast. And there's nothing that happened significantly on either side that would have caused something. There wasn't a major star that went from one side or the other. It's coming off a of pay per view. You know, TV shows get bumped coming off a of pay per view. You know, it, it, so I don't know. I think if, if I'm in the room with AEW, okay, I'm not going to say that I'm happy. This is a pretty ugly result. Okay. But I'm also not panicking at all. I stay the course and I see what happens this week. And then I go from there. And if I'm still in the point twos in the demo, that's where I'm concerned. I don't give a shit how many total viewers NXT has. I don't even really care about NXT's demo. That's just fucking chest thump and stuff. But if my demos are still in the point that 18 to 49 is still in the point twos when I was in the point fours a few weeks ago, that's where the concern lies to me.
1: All right. Anything else on this uh, AW thing, or you want to move on to some other topics?
0: No. Uh, again, if people want more detail. Uh, Patreon dot slash Voice of Wrestling. I did fifteen minutes on it on uh, on Monday. And uh, as far as the attendance, though, I did want to say. Oh yeah, yeah. We kind of predicted that.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, drawing weekly is going to be tough, <laughs> and it wasn't tough for them initially, and now it's getting tough.
0: Yeah. Once the honeymoon period was over, and the new car smell was gone, and it, you know. They were gonna have trouble. And Chicago, they've been there a thousand times.
1: Oh you my god. I'm gonna talk amazing. about this. I'm gonna talk about this a little bit later when we talk about the Evolve Double Shot Weekend. Okay. But my God, Chicago, you guys are every if you are a promoter listening to this, please stay away from Chicago for a few months. We are burnt out. We can't go to any more wrestling. We just can't. I'm, yeah, gonna, detail, I'm gonna detail all the shows that have been here in the last month. We'll save that, but Unbelievable.
0: In terms of AEW drawing You know, uh, four to five thousand people, three to five thousand people, whatever it is for TV on a week. I'm not surprised at all. Rich, we said that was going to happen. We said they were going to come out, sell out for a month or two, and it turned out to be a month. And then after that, they were going to have the same problems WWE has drawing for TV. Uh, on a week-in, week-out basis, and we wondered what kind of buildings they were going to. Remember, we had that whole discussion. Do you run field houses? Do you run basketball arenas and curtain-off half? And what they've decided to do is run pretty large buildings and just stick everybody on one side the same way they do for SmackDown. Um, So that's been their solution to this. Um, You know, I might try to run slightly smaller buildings and go for the same amount of fans but a hotter atmosphere. You know what I mean? You don't want to go too small, though, because the one at ed- one major edge they have is they feel big time. When you watch on TV, they feel big time,
1: right? And they would, they, and, they might lose some of that going to a field house or you know a gymnasium yes.
0: or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to go too small. You still want to feel like you're in you know a major building. So it's like you know, you, you, so you got to be careful. You don't want to go somewhere that has bleachers. You know, you, you still want to have that big time feel. But um, but yeah, I mean, we predicted that. I mean, I didn't think. Yeah, this is this is going exactly how we thought it would in terms of you know drawing fans to the to the shows.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I wasn't too surprised, but yeah, I've also I've also reaffirmed why I really don't go to TV. <laughs> wrestling effort is like, and it was a fine show. It was okay, but it's just like it's never the same. Like I just, and, and the nurse had the same opinion too. She was just like, I like it better when shows just have wrestling. And I was like, I married the right woman. Yes, you're right. Like you know, she does. Yeah. She's got no time for promos and all that sort of stuff. She likes a little bit of that, but she's bored. She just wants action, Joe. You know? She just wants wrestling. She wants men and 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 fights and and wars, and, and that's what she wants. I, I, I'm with her too. You she know, can't blame her. Yeah, I, mean, I was like, hey, look, picture the choir on that one. So all right, so that's that. Uh, let's let's get to this topic here. Uh, Marty Skrull. So this is from the uh, Wrestling Observer this week. It says, uh, Marty Skrull will be working final battle, even though his contract expires on 1130. So now of this recording, he he has expired. He has done. Uh, Skrull teams with Flip Gordon against Bandito and Flamita. Uh, Skrull had agreed to work the show no matter what. Right now, there is nothing official on what he will be doing after final battle. So if Dave's to be believed, and that's a date we have heard from a lot of people as well, which (laughs) makes the MSG thing even that more perplexing, but whatever. I don't care. I'm not going to get that argument again, but. I was right, but um, Marty's done with Ring of Honor. For now, his contract expires. A, yeah. you know, uh, t- two questions here. A, do you find it weird that he's working final battle, or do you think that's just a nice, hey, I'll round out my story, I'll finish out the story, and then I'll do whatever I'm going to do? Is, is that interesting? Because a lot of people are kind of fixated on that. It's like, wait, wait, wait he's working final battle, even though his contract expired? Like, uh, where are you on that? I, it doesn't bother me at all. It's just kind of normal uh, so shit. What?
0: So what? So the guy agreed to work a show after his contract ended. Who cares? That's, that's total non-story to me.
1: Okay, okay. same with me, too. I, I feel like there's been a lot of times where that's happened, so it doesn't, like, bother me at all. Like, that's happened in the big leagues, too. I mean, God, you, Bret Hart's a famous example, too, before Vince McMahon fucked him over. Basically said, hey, yeah, work some show." You know, B- Eric Bischoff straight up said, hey, work two months with WWE. I don't really give a shit as long as you come to us afterwards or whatever. And then, you know, obviously, that didn't quite happen the way it was going to happen. But, uh, no, that, that's, that's I don't want to say customary, but it, it, it does happen from time to time where guys just, yeah, I you know, mean, you finish know, out that- their story, work out a last, their last few dates or whatever. So. <laughs>
0: That's it. If they got him in a room and said, Hey man, your contract expires a few days before final battle. Can we wrap you up there? And he said, yeah, sure. You've treated me well. No problem. Why is that a story?
1: Cares? So then I'll ask you the next question. Cause I'm, I'm right with you on that one. The next question is what is next for Marty? Is, are you, if you were odds making, I think most people, the favorites, the, the, the bet you're probably not gonna make any money on is AEW. Uh, Joe, are you going to try to make some money with a, with a, a random outside-the-box bet? Uh, New Japan USA, sticking with Ring of Honor, WWE, like, where, where are you? What, do you have a feel for Marty right now, or do you feel like it's just the easy, obvious chalk pick of, of, of AEW for him?
0: I mean, I think every major company should be lined up around the block to sign him. I mean, he obviously brings some He's very popular. Um, he's got a tremendous act, and he adds, you know, an instant potential top player to any company. So I think he'd be a great addition to New Japan, especially with what they're doing in America. I'm sure Ring of Honor would like to have him back. And based on the fact that he's kind of doing business the right way here and finishing up even without a deal, suggests to me that he's, that he's happy there and that they treated him well. If they treated him like shit, he would have told them, go kick rocks. My contract's up. I'm not <laughs> right, right, that right. Show. So it, that tells me that he would at least be open to listening to them. And if you're WWE, I mean, if that guy – in the middle of a wrestling war uh, walked out on full sale uh, this Wednesday, it would blow the fucking roof off the building. And anyone who tells you it wouldn't is nuts. And the same goes for AEW. That guy comes out on Dynamite player. Top line player, NXT or AEW, the second he walks in the building. And he's a guy who... Over this last year, every time he went back to Japan for New Japan, Rich he was shockingly over.
1: Yes, yeah, he, uh, like unbelievably, we could, we couldn't believe it every time he came out. People loved him, like
0: yeah. And I'm talking to Japanese fans in Japan, yeah, right, right, like, right. You know, with the mask, the fucking bird mask or whatever the fuck, they're dressed up, they're flapping their fucking wings in the crowd. Yeah, the guy was over. So um, you know, he, yeah. So they should all be interested, and I think that they all are. And I don't know that AEW is a lock now. He did put out a video a couple months ago. So he got the whole villain enterprises thing. By the way, he owns that trademark, which was very smart. This guy, I tell you something about Marty Skrull. Okay, he created this persona, he put a ton of money into it. Um, he was going nowhere as Party Marty. Okay, He'd never going anywhere as Party Marty. He'd probably be selling insurance if he was still trying to be party Marty out Okay. So, you know, he creates this persona, he puts all this money in, he does those great videos, he you know, he he gets people to to create music for him and entrance themes. And, and then he does this villain enterprises thing and, and, and he owns the rights to it. So he can take that to whatever company he's going to. This guy's very smart, very smart in the way he has handled his career. And in the way he's handled his persona. And, um, uh, you know, I, I, think that I don't think it's a, you know, so he did a video a couple months ago, kind of hinting at a, at an AEW move, but you know how wrestlers are. They like to fuck with people. And, uh um, you know, and they still have him sort of in the Being the Elite intro, um, you know, uh, briefly, you know, the, the cartoon intro that they have. Um, but, I mean, it wouldn't shock me at all if he didn't end up there. I mean, I, right now i put it even money between Ring of Honor and AEW if I had to guess today.
1: Yeah, the Ring of Honor one has got me, It, it the, the, the like you said, the agreeing to work final battle. Like you said, it, it, it's a non-factor in terms of like, whatever, guys just do that all the time. But it also, in in, in One Breath 2, also has me interested of like, ooh, if this guy really truly was like, fuck you guys, this place sucks, I'm out of here. And they said, hey, buddy, can you work one more day after your contract? If he really wanted to get out of there and, and debut in AEW and they're like, no, no, no we want to use you right away. Like, I, I, He's not going to do that. You, you know what I mean? And I'm not saying he's going to re-sign with Ring of Honor, but I'm with you that I think they have more of a case. Then maybe we all believe they do. Now, I wouldn't do that. I would never sound like of Honor into 2020. That is not what I'm going to do whatsoever. But I think he's wise to at least keep that option open and see what they have to offer. And and I think he's actually, like you said, he's doing it the best way possible. He isn't saying anything. He's laying low, contract expires, he's got this little in-between time, and now is the period where we can see and, and maybe these other companies realize, okay, look, we can give our best offers. He's not immediately saying, yeah, I want to go to AEW and blowing all that leverage or whatever. He's just staying out in the open and going like, all right, look, I'm free. You know, give me a call. And, and, and that is, that's the way to do it because that's how you're going to make the most money. If he's out here saying, you know, two days till my ROH contract expires and then I'm out of here and AEW rules. Like, he, he could have done that. People do do that sometimes, but that's not the way to go about it. Go, let your contract expire, let it ride, and then now let everybody come at you. Let Ring of Honor say, all right, look. If we lose Marty, like we got nothing else, so maybe they open the ba- whatever left, whatever bank is left in Ring of Honor. Maybe they pull that out for, for Marty, and he gets concessions of, hey, yeah, I'll, I'll sign with you guys, but I'm also going to be able to do New Japan shots. I'm also going to be able to do this. You know, maybe WWE comes crawling and says, okay, our, you know, if if you haven't signed with AEW, we have this, this, and this to offer you. AEW is obviously always there. You can come back into the fold here. So there, he's playing it right. He is really playing it right, and I, I I do think I do think we need to consider New Japan and USA a thing as well. And and do consider New Japan a part of this as well because if I'm them, I look at Marty and I look at a guy, hey, we're, we're trying to expand into America in this next year. And you have a wrestler who, as you said earlier, and, and I'm glad you brought that up, was a big deal to our Japanese audience as well. They loved him. They loved Marty girl. So there's the opportunity to sign Marty, have him come and be a part of New Japan in, in Japan if he wants to do that or whatever whatever concessions you want to do. But we also got this America thing, and he's – I mean, that's a great pick for him as too because – I've been in buildings where Marty Scroll is is the most over guy in the building. And that's yeah. that that you know, right now the Ring of Honor stuff because it's so dead, it's hard to really judge that. But I have no doubt that with a little bit of reworking, a few weeks, a month or so, Marty's right back to being Marty. He's a big deal. Like you said, he'd show up on NXT, be the biggest star in the in the in the world. I would blow the roof off the place. Yeah, dude. exactly. So it's like anything that like out of sight, out of mind right now with Ring of Honor, but he's still a goddamn gigantic star. So I like the New Japan thing. I really do. I'm not saying they're going to, but if I'm them, I get in that conversation as well. I think they'd be silly not to.
0: Yeah, the problem is he can make big money without having to fly to Japan. Exactly. Right, right, Three other suitors. And the New Japan USA thing is so unproven. So there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of long flights and a lot of, uh, you know, uh, instability there. You don't know what's going to happen with these expanded US tours, which is why I would kind of, just thinking like him, uh, for me at least, I'd be like they'd be my fourth option unless they really came strong with the biggest money, financial offer. Just for those fucking flights, you could avoid that and still make big money. Now, as far as ROH goes, that's you know they pay the top, they pay the top guys. I mean, they, they, there's guys getting six figure contracts there. We've been over it a million times. And Flamita just signed there. It's not like they aren't able to still woo people, even though critically, everybody pans the product badly, there's still people that want to work there because they pay a lot of money and the schedule's easy. You're going to have three or four dates per month and you can make upwards of $100,000 a year and make a, well into six figures and, and, and have a super easy schedule. That is tempting for anyone. And you don't have to fly to Japan you know, uh, you know, eight times a year right. to do it. So it's like, I could totally see why you would resign with Ring of Honor that's, a, that's it's a nice spot for guys like Roosh and Bandito and, and Marty Skrull and Jeff Cobb and these guys that they signed, you know, because they're making a shit ton of money and they're working three or four times a month. And um, so that's why I think Ring of Honor, it, it, along with the fact that he's working without the deal, like we've outlined, and AEW, obviously, I mean, it would shock no one if he showed up on any given Wednesday from this point forward, because he's free to do that. He doesn't have to work final battle first. He can show up anywhere he wants from this point forward. And it would stun no one if he showed up on Dynamite. Um, You know, WWE, if I'm thinking like him, unless they come with a big main roster level offer, they might be my fourth choice, third at best, because you're going to get stuck in the muck. You're going to come into NXT with big fanfare because, again, they're in a wrestling war and he's a guy who... And it would look like, and see, he also has the advantage of it. looks like a big score because you got one of their guys. Right. So they're going to push him hard right out of the gate and emphasize that. You know, he's going to cut a promo, you, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I came to the big leagues, all that stuff. You're going to do all that with him if you get him. So he's going to get pushed on NXT initially. But even with the Survivor Series, do you I still feel like NXT is the minor leagues. Do you still feel like that? Because I do. I don't. I don't. Maybe it'll get there, but do you see it as a equal third brand? I don't.
1: Uh, I don't. But I probably think they're as close as they have ever been over these last few weeks because they've been kind of treated as such. They've been. Yeah. The, the problem is the aesthetics aren't are still not there. Yes, they still, they still look. I don't. So you're quite, Do they feel like a, a a a distant third? They don't. But they look like a distant third. Does that make sense?
0: And they're still mixing in developmental talent with all of the major league talent that's there. You can't be trotting out fucking Aaliyah and telling me that that's a comparable brand to Raw and SmackDown. You can't be putting Aaliyah out there in front of 600 people. So that there's still that kind of... So it's like, if I'm Marty Skrull, it's like, okay, I'm gonna come into NXT hot part of that fucking factory and who knows where I go from there you know what I mean it's like am I ever going to escape that am I ever going to get an enormous Wrestlemania payoff and he has to have an honest conversation with himself and think about that I'm five foot seven I'm not what Vince McMahon is into I have a great gimmick but I'm small am I ever going to get those monster payoffs on the main roster honestly I think the answer is no so Maybe the play isn't, because AEW, he will main event at some point. I think everyone would agree with that He's going to be a main eventer if he goes there. Right, right. For New, sure. Japan, New, New, New Japan, he won't. And you got the flights and everything else. And Ring of Honor, that's the comfortable, easy pick. I can get a hit to probably offer him a raise. And you still got that super easy schedule. That's why I say Ring of Honor and AEW to me are the frontrunners.
1: So that is Marty, yeah, it'll be interesting to see this Wednesday I'll definitely be be watching. He's free to come out anywhere, <laughs> so that would be uh yeah, it's gonna be interesting yeah wh- wherever he goes, that's gonna be a big deal regardless of uh, of wherever so that's uh that's important stuff there with Marty, so yeah we'll see we'll see what happens and listen,
0: I don't know how fucking tall he is. Don't start tweeting or he's far five, uh, five, he's definitely like five five. I stood next to him in a picture. I don't care <laughs>
1: what would you say I didn't even hear what is the context of this?
0: I said, I said he was 5'7", and I'm just like, there's going to be people tweeting at us now. I took a picture with him, he's and five, I'm 5'6". And, <laughs> and he's definitely not tall. He's I don't care. The, the idea here is he's short. That's all I'm trying to get across. <laughs> Jeez, he a I'm there already. He, it's he is
1: shockingly short when you stand next to
0: he him. He is very so. short, yes. So he might not be even be 5'7", which actually just exasperates my point.
1: <laughs> exactly. You've done it to yourself now. Yes. All right. Um, I guess we got to uh, – do you have anything to say about the World Tag League? Have you watched any of the World Tag League? Yes, I have. Okay. So what, what are your, uh, your hot World Tag League <laughs> thoughts? Uh, as of this recording, by the way, Evil and Sonata are in first place with 22 points. Yeah. What are we doing? Why is this so long? Yeah,
0: 22 points. (laughs) 22 points. Yeah, 11 wins. And there's
1: still four more to go, or three more to
0: go for that. You you get 15 matches here.
1: Oh, dear God.
0: 22 might not be good enough to win it. You know, you get 15 matches here. Um, Look, I haven't watched anything since, like, night five or something, night six.
1: Well, you missed 26 shows, damn it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I, I cherry-picked, and... um, Everything I watched was pretty good. I mean the energy's good because there's been some world tag leagues rich where the energy isn't even there, you know, and it's just like, what the fuck am I doing like watching this, but everything I've watched I've been pleased with, you know, everyone seems to be into it, and you know what I think it is? I think it's because they've been they have such a huge roster now, and they cycle everybody in and out. It's like Satoshi Kojima hasn't wrestled in months, so like he's on this tour and he's fresh, you know what I mean, so it's like and you got a lot of guys like that. They're fr- like Toa Hanare is killing himself on this tour. Number one, he's a kid trying to get a break. Number two, you know, they cycle guys in and out. And you're not working fucking 9,000 matches a year. Toa Hanare, by the way, listen, I know I say this every year. You need to push that man next to you. My God, is he ready. I mean, I, you know, I know you've said you've seen none of it, but if you decide to go watch a match or two, make sure you watch one. of his, I mean, the guy is just, God, he's good. But um, yeah, the 10 Koji matches, I mean, uh, you know, Kojima looks good. I'm not going to say Tenzan looks good. Um, Nakanishi looks like he's going to drop dead at any second. Um, interesting, Rich. Nagata and Nakanishi, right? They have two points. The Goto Carl Fredericks team, which I thought would have zero because of the young lion, they have, they're ahead of them in the standings. Like, what does that tell you about Carl Fredericks? I noticed like a little thing, and I don't want to harp on it, but you know how they treat young lions in any tournament scenario. Okay. So for him to have any points and to be ahead of veteran teams, I mean, you know, it, look, I, I don't think we have to sell anybody on Carl Fredericks, but I think that's a slightly bigger story that no one's talking about that. He's not going to finish in last. Um, but yeah, look, I think that there's four teams mathematically alive at this point, uh, four or five teams mathematically alive. And I think that, uh, you know, it looks like Juice Robinson and David Finley will win because you can make the argument that they have set up a Sonata versus Zack Sabre Jr. Wrestle Kingdom match, which would take them out. I don't know what you do with Evil at that point. Maybe put him in the six-man gauntlet with Bushi. And I don't know, maybe if Shingo doesn't have a match, which would be a shame. If Shingo doesn't have a match, that's...
1: Yeah, there, there's there's definitely a scenario where Shingo's left are just thrown into like a a, a, a never trios thing or something like that yeah it's it an unfortunate scenario or that because yeah the suzuki yeah. shingo thing doesn't look like that. that's happening and yeah i'm a i'm a little yeah. worried about old shingo's wrestle kingdom uh uh <laughs> slotting here right now so
0: and with two shows i mean can you throw some of these guys a singles match on one or the other would it kill you you know but you know we'll see but um yeah anyway so you know there's no tournament final it's just whoever has the most points at the end and there's just a bunch of block matches on the final were you aware of that so
1: yeah no i did and that kind of stinks too <laughs> it's like it's, it makes it even less exciting <laughs> like, yeah. whatever way they could possibly make this year's world tag league less exciting they found a way to do it by not having a final match which i would watch the final match but now it's just like oh my god now like i guess i'll watch the last match of the entire thing assuming that that because i believe it's i believe it's fin juice versus evil and sonata so that
0: that's going yeah, to I mean, be your map. final,
1: basically. So I'll watch that or whatever. So it's not like, but they couldn't just call it a final. It has to be like a block play final instead, which is kind of lame, but whatever.
0: Doing the extra match with the top two teams. But those will be the top two teams when they face each other. Exactly. Right. Right. So, so you, if Sonata, you know, it's like if he's going to wrestle Zach for the, for the Rev Pro title, then. You know, and Finley and Juice Robinson, what that also means is that you're getting Moxley at Wrestle Kingdom because then Moxley would wrestle Lance Archer because it was either going to be Juice Robinson and Lance Archer or Moxley and Lance Archer. So if Juice Robinson wins the tournament, then that opens the door for Moxley to work Wrestle Kingdom, which I don't think is confirmed or anything, but that would pretty much confirm it. So that match there, that match you're talking about, Evil and Sonata versus Finjuice, Juice. It's a really big match because it, it it really sets a bunch of other things in stone for Wrestle Kingdom. So you can basically skip all 900 nights of this thing and just watch that match because it's probably going to be pretty good. And it's going to determine a lot of what goes on on the fourth and fifth. And the other teams that are still alive, I mean, Gorillas of Destiny aren't going to win, obviously. And, uh, you know, Ishii Ishi and Yoshihashi are still alive. Yes, you can't discount them completely. And then um, I think Colt Cabana and Toru were still alive too. I believe, yeah. I believe
1: ob- there's some weird scenarios where, where they could still be involved, <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> they're not. <laughs> the yeah, final match I mean, of the final night of the World Tag League is, is Evil Sonata versus Fin Juice. So,
0: did they put the order out too? Did they? Totally I believe
1: so. I believe a- so. I believe that they did. So,
0: oh my god, they just don't give a fuck.
1: They, they-, <laughs> they don't usually for these tournaments. Unfortunately, the worst thing that you ever discovered or you ever told me is to like at the G1 like look at the final schedule the final night. And it just ruins it all. Like, there's still some fun things that can kind of happen. But for the most part, there's like one match or two matches where you're like, that's it. Well, that, that's all. That's all you have to really worry about. And I'm like, man, like, that sucks so much.
0: But, you, but see, usually they don't give you the match order. I mean, that's right, crazy. Right. You
1: kind of have to just guess a little bit. But yeah, I, 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 again, don't quote me if they gave the match order, but, but that's a final yeah. match on the final night. I would, I would, I would, lead, I'm led to believe that that will be the final match and that will be kind of the, the pseudo final. You know whatever scenario they can do to do that. So
0: yeah, it just makes too much sense. So that'll probably be the one to determine it. But um, that's your uh, world tag league. You know the real world tag leagues going on too. Rich at the same exact time, you got two uh, exciting tag leagues in Japan going on at once here. So uh, I know you're on top of both of them.
1: I oh, absolutely! Watching every every moment of every single thing. Now, basically just working on the new Japan ebook and doing all this other bullshit going on. But uh, yeah, well, let, did, let, you
0: see, did you see that? Um, that bodyguard who was teaming with Daisuke Sekimoto, he, he got it injured so they're there that team is forfeiting all their matches and it totally fucked up the booking oh and, the worst and, yeah and now they're doing like double count outs and all this weird <laughs> shit yes which you know they would not like it's totally fucking akiyama in a room going oh fuck i gotta rework yeah, all throwing
1: of this. the pencil across the wall, like god it like
0: yeah, so now there's like, when do they ever do double count Yeah, so
1: now there's going to be a bunch of shit finishes and shit matches.
0: <laughs> yeah, and all this weird shit going on. And, and, and Valletta pinned Kento Miyahara again. He beats him in the carnival, and then he beats him in this tournament. Are they really going to put that guy in a triple crown match? <laughs> oh, God. Could you do that? I mean, he's wrestled I everybody else. I think you kind of have
1: to, but do should you? I don't think you should, but I think you kind of have to.
0: Can you do that in a core and draw 1,400 fans?
1: I guess. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't, but I suppose. I mean, are, are, are the fans taking to him? Do you think on a level that, that, that or do they still not buy it? No, maybe? he stinks. Well, he, I know he stinks, but is, is it because he's winning, do you think that the fans are buying it, or do they know he fucking stinks?
0: I don't know. I don't get the sense that he's like, <laughs> I'm
1: guessing it. that the fans, yeah. I, I'm guessing that that's actually the case, too, that they're not like, oh, boy. <laughs> Let's I mean, go see that. So let's go to Kirk and all for that. he
0: doesn't get like special reactions, like even on like an ironic level. If that's what you're at, no, he just he's fucking stinks. I don't know. It's weird. But um, those standings are all fucked up. Like uh, Lee and Nomura are like down in the standings, and and and, and uh, Kento Miyahara and Aoyagi are down in the standings, and like the end is in first place. Like it's, <laughs> right. it's bizarre. Like Violent Giants are at the top, obviously. But, like, the other teams at the top are, like, not the teams you think they would be. And I guess it's because the one team got injured and fucked everything up. And and they also book teams to come back from behind. I understand that, too. But, um, yeah, that, that tournament's an absolute mess. I haven't watched any of that yet, but our, our guys are killing it with the reviews on that. They're on top of it. Uh, uh, Paul Volshrite, and Yeah, Paul
1: and uh, Paul and Gerard are doing all the reviews at com yeah. for every single night. Every single real-world tag league match, they are reviewing, uh, which you can... Again, go to wrestling.com and check those out. They're doing a great job. So if you want to catch up, find out the matches that you really should see. Find out the you know the the, the standout matches because there's there's obviously not going to be all hitters. <laughs> there's going to be especially with any of these World Tag Leagues. But you know, judging by the reviews that are coming off from the, the the New Japan World Tag League, which Harley uh, is doing all of those for for wrestling.com as well. Judging by those reviews versus the real World Tag League reviews, is that I would much rather be watching the real World Tag League ones than whatever's going on in the in, in the World Tag Leagues because there seems like there's been some pretty good stuff there. Uh, even though yeah we we. Weird results aside, and this unfortunately happens sometimes when you get when you get cute with tournaments and stuff, and then something goes wrong. Like you're, you kind of get fucked in, in this yeah. case. So,
0: yeah, it, Gerald Detrolio and then uh, uh, Harley Duncan, right on the New Japan side. Um,
1: uh, well, Harley Harley doing one hundred percent which yeah. I did not recommend. I do not recommend anybody. Uh, and there's a good chance Harley will never write for us again, like many, many people have. The, the wake, the body count of the World Tag League is, is, is unprecedented, Joe. Nothing on the site has made people, even Raw Reviews. Raw Reviews have a, have a pretty large body count, but nothing has a body count like the World Tag League. We have broken up couples with the World Tag League review literally that happens (laughs) that That happened we have we have caused fights we have uh, people just don't talk to us anymore we don't see them anymore i don't think they watch wrestling anymore the world tag league it is watching every night of the world tag league is just not it's just not recommended by anybody medical uh, you can go to your doctor and they will recommend that you not watch every single night it's just it's not good
0: (laughs) what has run more people off the world tag league or impact
1: (laughs) really the world tag league really Impact ran off a fair amount. Impact did a a, a pretty good amount. You're right. We we, we were on
0: a run there until Garrett came around.
1: Yeah, that's true. We did have like, we had multiple people that did one show and then halfway through the review were just like, fuck this, I'm out. (laughs) Yes.
0: (laughs) And and we never heard
1: from them again. Like, I don't even know what they do anymore. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then Garrett came along and now uh, uh, Sinclair. Yeah, Andrew Uh,
1: Sinclair does it every single week and he does a fantastic
0: job. Great job. Yeah. Uh, That's the only television show we review on a weekly basis at Voices of Wrestling.
1: Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing else gets, gets it. We,
0: we, we hate impact. And, you know, <laughs> we cover more
1: than anybody else. Yeah. It's yeah, the, the day the day the site opened.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's the only TV show that we still review every week. There's no other TV show that we review. So I don't want to hear it. Yeah. We may not talk about it on the show, but we make sure we get it out there. Absolutely.
1: I, I still watch. I mean, I watched that uh, the, the, the throwback episode. I like impact is weird in that. Like I like watching impact, but then when it's done, I have no strong thoughts about it. You yeah. Know? Like I watch it and I don't even feel like tweeting. I, like it's kind of my, I, I kind of shut off my brain, and I feel like I have my phone next to me. Like, oh, if something comes up, I'm gonna tweet about it. But like I watch it, and it's over, and then I go, eh, that was a good show, and then I click off, and then I just, I just have no like, I don't want to come on here and be like, oh man, here's this hot take I had about Impact. Like I just like it exists and it's cool and I enjoy it sometimes, but it's hard to really get passionate about anything with impact right now.
0: Yeah. I mean, we'll be there for the pay-per-views and talk about them, but it's like, I mean, I feel like the people running impact are just, it's almost like, it's like, all right, we're going to cash these checks from the international TV deals. And just, it's a content factory. Like a lot of wrestling is now, you know, it's just, we got to keep putting out a weekly show so that the television station in the Netherlands paying us $38,000 a year for the rights, keep sending the check to Anthem. Right. I mean, that's what it feels like to me. You know, Impact doesn't, it's got some hungry wrestlers, right? But there's also some wrestlers there who are clearly just, it's a gig, and that's fine. You're always going to get that. And I just, it doesn't feel inspired to me. That's the feeling I get when I watch Impact. Like I'm watching a product that isn't very inspired. I don't know.
1: All right, so let's move on to some other stuff here. We have MLW, the Opera Cup is coming up this weekend. Uh, uh or sorry, it's the fifth, Thursday the fifth is is the uh, uh, TV taping here for um, the Opera Cup. Is that correct? Do I have the date right? It, it's I'm yes, seeing it's two th- different I, things it's, it's, here, it's so I'm not seeing not Thursday the fifth. Okay, the d-
0: yeah, the taping is the Melrose Ballroom, Thursday the fifth.
1: Okay, that's okay. So I, was, I saw two different things here and I got a little confused. There's some interesting stuff going on, uh, with this Opera Cup, so um, we have. Tom Lawler versus a member of the Von Erichs as one of the matches here. I know I know you've touched on a little bit of this, but I wanted to at least give it cuz it's a really really interesting uh, card on my, you know, on, on my end here for MLW here. Uh, King Moe, they announced that he's coming into MLW, he's going to be in action there. That's pretty fun there. Can I stop uh, you a second? Yeah, go ahead, no, feel free to stop me. Yeah, Go ahead.
0: Doesn't it feel like King Moe has been teasing a pro wrestling career for 10 <laughs> years? Literally
1: now? since the beginning of the show was I think like one of the first topics the first few years was like his dual impact MMA career and how he was going to train and, and do both and, and do all this sort of stuff. I can't believe we're still doing the King Mo thing. Does anybody care about King Mo anymore?
0: In MMA they really didn't.
1: I mean, he was a guy who was incredibly
0: charismatic, who had awesome pro wrestling entrances, but his peak as a fighter was very short and then he lost a bunch of fights that he, uh, he got exposed, you know, and then he's kind of just been hanging on, on in, in, in fringe MMA organizations, and this is the Cliff Notes version, obviously. But, um, no, I mean, I feel like people cared about King Mo a lot in, like, 2009.
1: <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, like, why didn't he get into wrestling earlier? Like, w- was there that much lucrative money in, like, this weird well, no, he MMA thought, stuff, or what was going on?
0: He thought he was going to be a big-time MMA fighter. He, he was a guy
1: who, who people thought had big-time potential in him. Right, but what, what about the last seven years, though? What has he been doing? That I don't understand. Okay. Yeah. Because that's where I'm at. I was like, I know that he was a big deal in whatever you said, 2009, 2010, 2011, or whatever. And that's when the Impact thing was going on, too. And it was like, oh boy, we're going to get King Mo and he's going to have a dual contract with Bellator and Impact and all sorts of stuff. And then, like, I hadn't heard about the guy in four years or whatever.
0: Yeah. Like, the last seven years has been King Mo just teasing coming to pro wrestling. It's just, it never ends. And here we go again. I'll believe it when I see it that he's like a pro wrestler who's going to, like,
1: actually fight. Yeah.
0: Be on a roster and fucking wrestle all the time. I'll believe it when I see it.
1: Uh, Prince of Darkness match, Mance Warner versus Jimmy Havoc. I believe this is just a blindfold match, which. Uh.
0: That's the old school territory Prince of Darkness gimmick. That's blindfold match. I wonder if they'll have the blindfolds or like the hoods.
1: I think they're going to have the hoods, is what they. I, I I feel like they should have the hoods if they're going to do it. Yeah, because that's The, the hood's cooler Prince looking. The hood, like, as much as those matches fucking stink, the hood is at least cool. So.
0: Yeah, you put the hood on, it's easier to gimmick too. Cause you know, it's, it's cause you know, you can't
1: excuse it- me. <laughs> what
0: I, uh, are you telling me that Jake break-
1: Roberts and Rick Martel were not actually,
0: I I mean, you know, I don't want to go full <laughs> fucking Silveran here, but you know, uh, what do you want from me?
1: Uh, opening round opera cup. So here's the, uh, some of the tournament matches right now, Brian Pillman Jr. Versus TJP. That should be a, a fun one there. Any thoughts on, on that match?
0: I mean, you know, Pillman, ha- you know, Obviously, he got pushed in a lot of places way before he was ready because he's Brian Pillman Jr. I mean, you know, there's no beating around the bush. He's getting better. I mean, I don't know if he's ever going to be great. Um, you know, Loki, the match with Loki at the pay-per-view was a unique and very interesting match where I think both guys played their role to perfection. TJP to me is like, you know, people will rip me. I think he's one of the best in the world. I think the guy's great. And I think that maybe he can carry this guy to something interesting. But look, I, you know, they're probably it's probably going to be a little eight minute TV match. So to, to break these matches down, I think might be kind of silly too because it's not like there's any kind of like pay per
1: view. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And there's going to be there's a lot of matches they have to go through in this tournament. So stuff's going to be done pretty quickly here. So. um yeah. So that's that one, another opening match, and this one actually has some some backing to it and a little bit of a story, uh, is Alex Hammerstone versus MJF as well. So former kind of yeah. stablemates uh, facing off in the opening round here. I, of course, expect uh, Hammerstone to move on and MJF to lose, but uh, yeah, it's still an interesting one because at least there's a little bit of a story to it. So
0: <laughs> Hammerstone's a big-time prospect. There's no question about it. He's great. I, yeah,
1: I, I like him a lot, and it's not like – it's this weird thing where like – do I think he's like – Great. I don't know if he's great, but like I think he's got a good look, and I think there's potential there for sure. Can he's I see got- him in five years be, being a big, big, big deal, one of the biggest stars in the, in, the, in, the, in wrestling? I, I kind of could. I kind of can. Like he 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 has the presence. He's got the charisma. He's got the look. He kind of mm-hmm. feels like a big time wrestler. The work isn't quite there yet, and that's kind of the last thing. But he's got every other recipe there.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, he's just he's got a million dollar look. I mean, the guy looks incredible. You know, and um, yeah, the, the work has to come around. But look, they sent him to Noah and they'll, they'll probably send him to Noah again. And, uh, you know, he's obviously a guy that they believe in. And uh, he's been an incredible pickup for them. I mean, you know, they—they—that guy had been around too. It's not like other people didn't have a chance,
1: right? To right. right? Oh no, that—he's that, a guy and, that I think in one of the Q and As, people brought up, like, oh, there's no more talent left, and I'm like, yeah, there isn't more talent left, but there probably there might be guys too. Like Hammerstone was just there forever, like around, yeah. and, and MLW scooped him up and did it, did some good stuff with them. Fatou's another guy as well that that we're gonna talk about a little bit earlier. A guy who was there, ready to go for anybody, and they just fucking he just sat there, did nothing, so.
0: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, big time prospect. A big picture question for you because this is something that uh, that 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 I am critical of MLW of. Okay, so they have MJF under contract. He signed that contract before AEW started up, and they allowed him to also sign with AEW, and and they're working together. And I think that's great. You know that they're not being assholes about it, but they're making MJF sort of play out the deal, right? And I and that's fine. Don't you think they're wasting him? Shouldn't MJF be the the top star in the company, what are they doing? Like, is this a Marty Skrull ROH situation where it's like, what the fuck are you doing? You have this guy. You, it's a finite amount of time, but you know exactly how much time it is. Why hasn't MJF been the top star in MLW this entire time?
1: Yeah, I agree. Cause he's like featured on weekly TV. He's a big deal on that show. He's a huge, yeah, there's a lot you could do with him and they just choose to, they're, they're kind of ramping him down. So that's one of my wonder is like, I, how long, I don't know. Yeah, I I would have. Whatever week it was, like whatever whatever amount of time they've been the last two months or whatever, MJF would have been a huge deal for me if I'm MLW. They didn't choose to do that. That's how. Who's the book that went anywhere though? But
0: Rich on TNT every week. I agree. I know. I
1: I don't get it. This is. I've. There's a part. There's a lot of things that have passed me by in wrestling, but this is one thing I'll never understand: is this guy's going to leave in X amount of time? Forget it. And it's like, no, that's the best thing you have, is that this guy is going to leave. You have a perfect story to tell. You have three months of this guy, build him up, and then whoever – MJF is the biggest star, you built up or whatever, and Alex Hammerstone fucking beats him on his way out, kicks him out of the door, and he's gone. That's how you build stars. Somehow along the way, we've lost that. I don't know how we lost it. I don't know where we lost it. I don't know what happened, but now – when you're leaving, you're just a fucking dud. You don't do anything, and then you just whimper out and then fly into the wind, and, and you're gone. Why do that? Why waste that? I don't that? get it. I don't get it either. It's so ridiculous.
0: Rich, he worked the fucking opener on the pay-per-view. <laughs> I know. I don't understand. He's your biggest stuff. Look, I don't have any problem with the big push Jacob Fatu is getting. I'd give him that push, too. So it's like, but why isn't MJF near the top of the card? Or at the, t- like, it doesn't fucking make sense. I, I, it drives me nuts. Anyway, um, what's the next match?
1: Yeah, I've, I've, I've lost whatever <laughs> part of that wrestling it is. But, uh, uh, opening round also, Opera uh, Cup. This is an interesting one here. Dave Boy Smith Jr. versus Sinjiro Otani. Yes, a zero one representation here on this Opera Cup. Uh, you know, uh, Dave Boy Smith Jr. Is, is licking his chops to face Otani. I don't know if this is a match that I'm gonna love, but a lot of people are gonna love it. I'm gonna be interested by it no matter what, though.
0: I mean, they're going to do really boring grappling (laughs) for for seven minutes and people are going to act like it's match of the year. You see that coming a mile away and then you're going to watch it and you're going to be like, what? That's it. That, what the fuck was that? You know? So it's like, that's exactly what this is going to be. But, um, you know, for people who are into that fucking shit, I'm sure this is going to be right up their alley. And, And look, it might look, it might be good. I mean, I loved it the last blood sport where David Boy Smith Jr. all of a sudden started busting out fucking pro wrestling high spots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought that was the coolest shit. So I probably shouldn't be so, um, uh, you know, prejudgmental about it. You know, maybe him and Otani will go out there and have a killer match. But can't you totally see them? just mopping the fucking mat for seven minutes for and sure. then everyone going oh my god you should have saw this fucking key lock these guys were and you're just like this fucking sucks <laughs> absolutely
1: that's unfortunately like the match sounds awesome on paper i'm excited yeah. about it but yeah it's just gonna be like dave Boy smith with like a hammer lock on the mat while Otani's like slapping it and going rah, rah, you know what i mean like and it would be, yeah yeah fuck this it- sucks and then yeah hearing people be like that was incredible it looks like a fight it's like right. which with no crowd reaction whatsoever. <laughs> right. right? Like, the
0: crowd, like, like just just watching. You'll it get the sky-
1: polite applause, because what's going to happen is Otani's going to stand up from the hammerlock and then rotate out of it and then, like, yes. break it. And the fans are going to go, yeah. <laughs> yes. go. Tremendous for wrestling by Otani. <laughs> like,
0: all of the fans looking around at each other like, we're supposed to clap now. He got out of that. Worked. Fucking hammerlock. Tremendous stuff. Yeah, that's what's going to be.
1: <laughs> I want to like it, though, but I'm sure it's going to stink. Uh, also, one more <laughs> cup match here. You know,
0: you know what we're getting subtweeted about this week, baby? Oh, for
1: sure, yeah. it's We're it we always going to put one in there, but that's going to be the one for sure. Uh, and the then one. Timothy Thatcher versus Richard Holiday is another Opera Cup match as yes. well. So, I mean, any, any predictions as who wins this thing? Like, if, if it's me, and, and I'm right with you, and that's you kind of stole my thunder a little bit there, but Alex Hammerson is the guy I have winning this thing. I'm putting everything behind that guy. I think he's great.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, he's a guy. But, but you know, with the history of the Opera Cup, I think Davy Boy Smith Jr. could win. Sure. Since since Stu Hart was the last guy to win the thing in fucking 1940 whatever. So, there's just that natural story there. They have pushed it too, because I think the whole deal is Teddy Hart was in possession of this thing, right? Through, like, the will. I think it was willed to him. <laughs> At least that's what they're saying. I don't know. Um, you know but, uh, so, they, they've, they're pushing that story that it's like a family, like a heart thing. So, you know, that's why I'd give Davy Boy Smith Jr., um, uh, a shot here, but yeah, I'm with you. I mean, you know, Hammerstone, you know, I, I think I think Hammerstone fought too is your money match down the line at some point if there can be such a thing in MLW. Um, you know, so maybe that's what, what you try to build towards here, but I don't know. We'll see.
1: I'm with you. I think Davey Boy's probably the one that's going to win. If I was booking, I'd have Hammerstone win because I think there's some prestige there and he wins the tournament and all that sort of stuff, but yeah, you're right. It's probably going to be the chalk pick is, is just go with David Boy as, as the winner of the cup. Um, and then we also have, uh, another match here that I'm really looking forward to. Contra unit, uh, versus strong hearts Shima L Lindeman and, uh, Eerie, uh, for the strong hearts. So I am really excited about that. And a very interesting thing as well. They have, uh, uh, Shima and, and, and Lindeman. And obviously, you know, Eerie in this match in MLW in a big time match against, you know, Fatu and stuff. And, and those are AEW guys in terms of Shima and Lindemann or whatever. So just kind of an interesting relationship thing here, but a match that I'm really, really looking forward to. That sounds fucking great.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, that should be interesting. Erie is a guy who is always better on paper than in reality to me. Eerie is a guy who had, like, a great match seven years ago and has never lived up to it since. But he's okay. I think he fucking smiles too much. Why does that guy smile so much? Can he stop fucking smiling and punch somebody in the mouth? I'm waiting for Erie. He's a big hoss, right? He's this big dude.
1: <laughs> but see, the, the problem is, though, like, if, have you ever met him?
0: He's probably exactly like that, He's like right? the
1: biggest cream puff in the world. Yeah, yeah, like, he's not hes not a bad... He looks like a badass, and then you're like, oh, you're Ian. He's like, oh, hi. <laughs> he, like, hugs you and stuff, and you're like, oh, all right. Like, Which is great, but... He loves, like, Disney I, and shit. Like, no, he's not gonna punch anybody. That's the problem, like... No,
0: well, that's awesome, but can he just look pro-wrestling as a performance? Right? I know,
1: can- I know. I don't... I just don't think he's...
0: God, I want more hammerstones and less eeries. Is that too much to That's ask? That's not too much to
1: ask. It's not. I'm with
0: you. My tastes are adjusting. You know what I mean? Like, I want more guys who just are want are gonna punch are gonna punch you in the mouth and fucking look tough. And He just smiles too much. He he's like he's got everything. Like he can move. He's a big guy. Get that fucking smile off your face. Turn heel. Give me a scowl and fucking stiff somebody right in the mouth and then challenge him to hit you back. That's what I want to see out of Eerie. I
1: haven't, I haven't seen any of his strong heart stuff. Is he, I'm, I'm guessing he's not doing that yet. Right.
0: Get off of Disney plus if you're <laughs> eerie, <laughs> and get on Pornhub. Okay. Just, f- I want to sully this man. Okay. I want no more wholesome Eerie. I want badass fucking ear. Get him in a leather jacket, do whatever we got to do to toughen this man up. Cause the potential's there. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so that's the combination of strong hearts you get. Yes. And there you go. The contra combination is also they've got, uh, what's Because that's because Fatou's not involved in that match. That's, uh, uh, I think,
1: no, Fatou is in that match. Oh, I Fatou. think as, as, far as, as far as the graphic is, uh, uh, Fatu is in there. So I believe, let me get the official word on who. Cause, uh, like, yeah. Well, did, did you? Did, did, did...
0: There's a bunch of guys in that faction.
1: Hold there on, is. Hold yeah, me me. let me get the official word because there's like five guys in this picture. So I don't know who's actually. And I don't right.
0: even know if, uh, 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 Joseph Samael, he doesn't even wrestle much anymore. I think he's a manager now of the... Uh, and that's another guy who was a sneaky good signing because I buried that too when they signed him and he's been fucking nothing but like with the fireballs and uh, the great promos that he cuts. I mean, Samiel has been a great addition as well.
1: Alright, so the word, I, I think, and I, I, again, don't call me if this is exactly final, but it looks like it's Fatu, Quan, and then Gotch is going to be the three. Okay. All
0: right, so it's Samael so. that's not in the mat. That, Correct, yeah. I don't think he's going to wrestle. I think he's more like the mouthpiece now. It seems that way anyway. Yeah,
1: and he's really good at that. So, I mean, go with yeah. it for sure because he's really, really good at that. But yeah, that's, yeah, I couldn't tell because he was in this graphic. So I wasn't sure where he stood. But yeah, it's, it looks like it's Gach and, and, and Fatu. Okay. So that's that. So that's uh, that. Uh, also, other people, you know, you've got Ross and Marshall, Von Eric are, are listed on there. Myron Reed's listed on there. Code of Brazil, Jordan Oliver. Uh, Selena De La Renta on there as well. But yeah, it looks like a pretty fun show uh, of MLW. MLW, unfortunate company that because of these Wednesday night wars and all this sort of shit, we've kind of forgotten. I'm still watching it a little bit. I, I, are you still keeping up with MLW weekly? I don't, I
0: don't watch week in week out, but I do have an eye on it. I probably watch two out of the four per month. Listen, that pay-per-view was legitimately a show of the year contender. That was so good. It was really
1: good. Yeah, I was kicking myself that I, I wasn't able to go to that because I was watching it being like, fuck, this is great. Like, I would have loved to have been here. But
0: I mean, that was the weekend of all those big Japanese shows. and It was better than all. of them. It was definitely better than the Noah show. Um, it was definitely better than the Big Japan show. I did not watch the DDT show. And what was the new Japan show that weekend? I can't even remember which oh, one. Oh, God, was. what was that? Yeah, but, was, uh, but anyway, that so long.
1: Yeah, but there was a lot.
0: No, that MLW show. It was. It was. Yeah. It was. It was tremendous. I mean, it was just. It's kind of show that like. Any kind of wrestling fan would enjoy it. There was so much variety. Like a lot of different
1: stuff. Different. Yeah, that, that's what I like about MLW the best is that there is that variety. Like you said, there's just guys that look good, like Alex Hammerstone. Like he might not be the best wrestler, but goddamn, he looks good. There's good wrestlers. You got some grappling in there. You got a little international talent. Like it's 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 so varied. And yeah, like the main events, is like lucha brawl, and then like you know you have Loki and, and, and Brian Pillman Jr., which is unlike anything else on that show. And then you have, da- yeah, it's just like yeah, they do such a great job of variety. So I gotta give them some yeah. credit there. So. All right, all right, let's move on as well. We're, we're chopping these all down here. Let's, while we're in the Indies, let's talk about Evolve, because Evolve's got a double shot going on this weekend as well, Joe. Evolve 141 and Evolve 142 December 6th in Livonia, uh, Michigan, and then uh, December 7th in Chicago, Illinois. So let me, before we go over what's going on uh, on those shows, I do have to tell you, again, I mentioned Chicago. You mentioned AEW running Chicago. Joe, where was Survivor Series? Uh,
0: I believe that was in Chicago. Okay,
1: where was TakeOver?
0: TakeOver was in Chicago as well. Okay,
1: where was SmackDown?
0: Uh, that would be Chicago.
1: Okay, where was Raw? Uh,
0: the Windy City.
1: <laughs> that was the Windy City. Where was uh, uh, Impact's Bound for Glory in October?
0: Uh, the Second City.
1: You <laughs> got to figure out a lot of different ways to say Chicago. I'm very interested in what you do here. I, I know some uh, sleeper ones. We'll see how you do here. All right, uh, where was... We're going to go down the list here a little bit more. Uh, MLW Saturday Night Superfight, the aforementioned pay-per-view.
0: Uh, that was at the home of the 2016 World Series champion Chicago Cubs.
1: I don't know about that. That's a bad one. Um, anyway, uh, um, this weekend, of Ken, you're going to have Evolve. Dynamite was there. AEW ran on the 30th this last yeah. uh, a few days. Freelance Wrestling has ran two shows since October. There. There's also The Return of Dream of Wrestling, which reappeared <laughs> into the world. Uh, there was Shimmer, Volume 16, uh, 14, 15, 114, 115, 116, 117. That was in early November as well. This weekend, you also have Shine and Kaiju Big Battle is here this weekend as well.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> we got to stop running Chicago, guys. We're burning out. You are bur- or- we are burning out. And I had a discussion with, with, with multiple people and people that didn't know each other as well. Telling me about stuff going on. We got Warrior Wrestling next weekend as well. Warrior Wrestling coming up next weekend. Freelance coming back next weekend as well.
0: Will Ospreay. How much did they pay Will Ospreay? I don't know,
1: man. That show's loaded. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Good God. So there's somebody listening to this show, I believe, that has me booked that day to come hang out with them. But they have told me that they might cancel whatever they have that day instead to go to Warrior Wrestling. So we're going to see. Even though they have sold tickets to this event. That is going on, but uh, there, there's a there's a poll there to get to that Warrior Wrestling show. You got Menorah, you got Willows, you got a bunch of shit. But that's coming up next weekend as well. Th- this town has gotten absolutely burnt out. And like I was saying, I was talking to multiple people involved in the business, and they were all telling me that the you know I mentioned this. Hey, one guy told me this. What do you think? And they're saying, yeah, we're we're all in agreement that everybody is running this town dry. AW having a lot of trouble. You know, at the last minute, and they they were able to get a very good crowd in there for for this weekend at, at, at Unstoppable, but. Tickets were a little light initially. People did buy, eventually buy in and start getting there, and then the walk-up was pretty good, but initial buy-in was, was not great because it's like people are kind of in a wait-and-see approach with a lot of stuff going on in Chicago as well. I mentioned Dynamite. Didn't do that well because AEW's been here a bunch of times. You know, freaking uh, it, all out was, was what, two months ago at this point now, and they're already back here for Dynamite or whatever. Um, Survivor Series did well. TakeOver, I heard, did, did okay. Raw and SmackDown did, eh, whatever. And, and like, we're, we're just talking about in, in, in this last month, Joe, MLW, Impact, Four WB shows, A.W., in addition to, you know, Shimmer, Evolve, (laughs) you know, A.A.W., Freelance, all these indies. Like, we are burnt out, guys. Like, let's let's really just chill this out a little bit. Yeah. This town is burnt the fuck out. Calm down. It's a lot of the same people going to all these shows, too.
0: Ironically, it's the second city because it burned down once already. So, we're coming full circle here.
1: You got your, you know, a little bit your Chicago history. I'm impressed. So there you go.
0: I'm a l- rich. I'm a learned man.
1: <laughs> you are. That's good. Fantastic. Yeah. What do you know about the Great Chicago Fire? How much have you? uh I just told you about the Great Chicago <laughs> okay. Fire. Well, I was wondering how much you studied about it. Do you know a lot? Beast. Okay, all the all the nits and crannies about it. Yeah, but that's. But anyway, regardless this uh this this town is getting burned so guys please please chill just stop running this because it's like this thing where like everyone's like hey you're going to that show and i'm like oh my god i can't like how many shows do i need to go to like i'd have to be literally every single weekend going to shows and and that's like that's good in one breath but it's also like all right look like especially coming this holidays and, and this sort of it's like reel it in guys like the, you need to run some other towns. this the city is getting just really between warrior aw freelance mlw impact WWE four nights and that's also i wonder too like it, you know Getting back to a discussion we talked about earlier with AEW is I would have really looked at the WWE schedule and said, do we really want to work? Do we want our show, you know, three days after four straight nights of WWE programming? Didn't help. It didn't help at all. And people were saying, oh, the people that go to WWE shows are not going to go to. Yeah, they are. There's a lot of people that go to both shows. A lot of people that probably went to NXT or, or went to Survivor Series. Maybe they didn't go to Raw or maybe they didn't go to SmackDown. There's a lot of the hardcore fans go to takeovers. A lot Not of hardcore idea. fans even go to pay-per-views as well. I, 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 will, I didn't go to Survivor Series, but I will always go to a WWE pay-per-view if it's in town. You couldn't catch me dead at a Raw, but I'm going to go to a pay-per-view. And that pay-per-view crowd tends to be a little more smarky and a little bit more of, of, of that general audience. So I, I truly believe that a lot of people that went to TakeOver... Hell, fucking probably most of the people that went to TakeOver also went to AEW, and I would, I would assume a lot of the people that went to Survivor Series also went to Dynamite as well. Or they went to those two and said, fuck it, I don't have time for Dynamite as well. Yeah, that's so. the,
0: yeah listen, I think... I couldn't put a number on it, but there's no question dynamite, uh, you know, uh, lost some ticket buyers who went to, you know, one through four of those other shows there, whether they went to one of them or all four of them, or, you know, there's no question. It's just, right. you know, it's definite. Nobody went to all, you know, probably people went to all five like maniacs, but, uh, I'm sure there were a couple. but yeah, that's gotta, it had to affect the draw and yeah, there's a lot of shows in the. way. You're absolutely right. So, um, So what do you think, Evolve? Uh, 40, 50
1: people here or what? Oh, boy. I don't know, man. (laughs) See, the thing with Evolve is it's so weird. Is, Joe, I would tell you with confidence they're going to get 45 people to show up to this. And then I'll go and there'll be 200 people there. Yeah. And I'm like, who are you people? Like, Where do you come from? But
0: Here's the thing. And, like, it's always fun to dump on Gabe and that's what everybody does. And Listen, he said it himself a couple weeks ago. Evolve has sold more tickets this year than any other year in their history. So... You can knock the, you know, selling their soul to WWE all you want. And these shows are loaded with WWE talent, but now they're drawing fans and it wouldn't surprise me at all. If these shows did okay, you know, by evolved standards, which means a full, um, what building is this in Chicago? And, uh, it's and,
1: and Logan Square which, Auditorium. Logan Square Auditorium. So.
0: Yeah, so what's a full Logan Square? What is it? How uh, many? Probably
1: 300, 350 maybe.
0: Oh, my God. On, they're going to they're gonna sell that out Depending easy.
1: on fire codes, I think. I don't, I, I don't know exactly. I shouldn't maybe oh, say Oh, yeah, Rich, there's
0: good. Oh, come they'll on. Do okay.
1: They'll do okay.
0: It, sure. It's got Walter on top. They're doing 300 fans. Oh, yeah. No, No question. Yeah, a building that size? Yeah, that's yeah, it'll, it'll look
1: good. It'll look it will definitely look good if you're watching there. But uh Yeah,
0: they did Evolve draws everywhere now. And look, I get what you're saying with the you know but three hundred I listen, I think they could do three hundred fans with Walter on top. So um anyway, that's uh let's go through these shows, I guess.
1: Yeah, there, there's some pretty good stuff here. I, I really like these. Uh so we'll start with uh one forty one, uh December sixth in Lavonia, uh Michigan. Uh you have extreme rules, Kurt Stallion versus Anthony Green.
0: Yeah. Um Look, the the thing about Evolve is I don't watch every single Evolve show. I watch Evolve when I'm home. It's it's not appointment viewing. I don't cancel my plans to make sure that I'm there December sixth, Livonia, Michigan. But if I'm home and Evolve is on, okay, I watch it. Okay, and these Evolve shows are always good. They're never less than good, and since this has been a show full of controversial statements and I don't care if it's cheating to me because I don't watch PWG anymore okay and I haven't watched AAW all year but I've seen some other indies evolve is the best indie right now in the United States because the indie indie wrestling is it's in such a dire state with so many acts that I just have no use for and lousy main eventers and fucking all the shit that we've talked about all the time. The irony bullshit and the comedy bullshit. Top to bottom. And believe me, Rich, we've got the RWTV. You know, we watch shows. Okay, I watch shows.
1: We could probably dump on stuff more than we, we do. Yeah, because it's I will like, say that. We, we could go on Twitter and just say, hey, you fucking stink. This guy fucking sucks. This promotion fucking sucks. And we I don't. Do because do we do. We're, we're nice sometimes.
0: Well, the other thing is everyone's so sensitive. You know, it's like you bury an indie show, and it's because the fans feel so close to it now, and and that's part of it. And the promoters, in a lot of cases, are so sensitive. It's like they they just they can't handle the criticism, and it's like it's not worth it to start these little fires because I don't want to get into months long fucking wars with these people. But I watch some of this stuff, I fucking roll my eyes and I x out, and and it's like indie wrestling. And I've, I don't know if I said it on this show or behind the paywall or somewhere else, but I, I, it's like, to me, American indie wrestling is the worst it's been since the indie boom started roughly 2002.
1: Yeah, I hate is the it. I, I can't stand it. Somebody, asked me, on so it, somebody asked me on a Q&A, like, what indie acts have you excited? And I said none. None. I, just, I was like, and, and that's not a slight. There's probably guys that I like, and there's probably people I watch, and I go, oh, that yeah. guy's pretty good. But nobody has me like, yeah, that guy's awesome. Like, I, I mentioned that to you a few weeks ago when I said, Joe. X versus Y, Mania Weekend, you're there, right? And I, I couldn't come up with a match. I couldn't come up with a wrestler that if yes. X was on that show, you had to go to that show. So, yeah, when that question was presented to me, who has you excited? Like, I can give you some dudes that I watch that I like, but excited? No, nothing excites me about indie wrestling right now. I hate it. It fucking what? stinks. I hate it.
0: That is the, so the best way to put it. What is the money match at WrestleMania Weekend this year? Somebody give it to me. It, it, it doesn't exist. It, you know what it is? it's just some fucking game changer show. That's what it is. It's the only thing that... that right, it's
1: Janela versus X. Janela versus Muda. Yeah. There you go, boom. All right, there, we're done.
0: Or, 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 or <laughs> you know, some game changer match that, like, some death match or something. Oh, I see like, what you're
1: saying. Yeah, like Jimmy Lloyd versus whoever. Yeah. Yeah. Be, yeah, yeah, right, right, right. You
0: know, it, it, That's the, the that only company that
1: actually, like, tries. And draws fans. And draws fans,
0: yeah. Yeah, it's like... You know, it's it's it's, it's 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 there's no one out there, in it. there's no what's the indie dream match? What is it? It doesn't exist, and it's like these evolve shows. Yes, they have the advantage of the WWE talent, and yes, that's cheating. But they're the best top to bottom, quote unquote indie shows that I have seen this year, and they're not even great. They're just good. They're good, solid wrestling shows every time. I know what I'm going to get. I'm going to get two and a half hours. Of good wrestling that doesn't peak super high, and yeah, every now and then it's gonna you get a a, sh- a fucking shit match, but for the most part, everything's pretty damn good. And 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 look, I acknowledge some people don't even consider them an indie. I get that, okay. But man, I mean, I look at these two evolve shows. Do they knock my socks off? They do not. Would I watch either one of these shows before? Not going to do it. (laughs) Careful. (laughs) Careful. (laughs) (laughs) Promotion X. I mean, of course.
1: Promotion X's, wrestlers, possessive, silly show thing, whatever. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Guy with the fucking teeth. I have no use for it. Okay. (laughs) Who's the guy with the teeth? (laughs) I don't make me do this. Oh, I know
1: what you're talking about. Never mind. Sorry. Go ahead. I I know. I know. I know. I
0: know. Listen, to be fair, he's done a tremendous job. Rich, that guy. Yeah, used he's to
1: gotten be- himself over, man. Yeah, that dude gets. Good it. for
0: him. He's one of the so biggest stars
1: you. on the indies right now just by making videos. So go, go, Yes. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. Listen, I will never knock that guy's hustle. He was, I, that guy was working Inspire Pro Wrestling shows like three years ago as just himself, like fucking just a guy, wrestler dude. And that was going nowhere. He created a tremendous persona and is now a fucking main eventer everywhere. Okay. <laughs> Does that, does that mean I'm good, that, I, that I'm going to fucking lock in on a Saturday night and spend my Saturday night watching him versus fucking Ricky Shane Page? Rich, I'd rather pull my toenails out. I'm not fucking doing it. Okay? Like, th- these are the people on top now. That's the state of indie wrestling today, you know? And it's like um, – it's fucking I, – I, I, I Listen. I've got nothing against the war horse. How many times can I watch
1: that guy? I mean, <laughs> right, I, know. I,
0: I mean, listen, I, you know, I don't know, but, but, but these evolve shows, they give me what I want. It's just meat and potatoes wrestling. It's era. It's all
1: I fucking want. Ray right. Rich. And it's done. in it's done in two hours too, which I fucking adore yes. is that it's like, we know your time's valuable. Two hours in and out. Boom. Six matches, you know, two hours. Yeah. You're out. You're done. I love it.
0: <laughs> I, 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 I just I rather watch Josh Briggs and J D Drake have a three and a half star match where they beat each other up than watch fucking Kylie Ray in a in an in intergender match number seventeen. I, I just I have zero fucking use for it at all at whatsoever, none. You know what I mean? And it, can I I like Kylie Ray? I don't want to watch watch her against fucking go on her fucking you know Ethan Page on this show and this guy oh fucking enough with the intergender and I. uh. Whatever. Can we talk about
1: these shows? Let's go, please? yeah, because I, I like the, I like a lot of what's on the show, so I, I'm, I'm excited to talk about it here. Uh, as I said, Extreme Rules, Kurt Stallion versus Anthony Green. I'm going real quick, and then maybe we can kind of touch on some that really stick out to us. Uh, number one contenders match for the Evolve tag team titles. You got Adrian Alanis and, and Liam Gray from The Skulk. Uh, they're against the besties of the world, of course, uh, Davey Vega and Matt Fitchett. Uh, you got an Evolve 139 rematch. Who could forget this from... Two weeks ago, uh, Shotzi Blackheart <laughs> versus Reyna Gonzalez. You can't say, like, you know, when you say the rematch, like, it's not the show that happened two weeks ago, like,
0: right? Because listen, you know, he has to put names on all the Matt <laughs> so
1: 139 like, rematch yeah. on Evolve 141. <laughs> like, you can't,
0: yeah, because the whole world has been dying for this Shotzi Blackheart Reyna Gonzalez rematch. It's just we've all been waiting for it. Rich. I
1: love it, it's fantastic. <laughs> okay.
0: In all seriousness, that's going to roll. roll, though. The thing is, Reyna Gonzalez is perfect for Evolve because she needs, she needs the reps, and she needs to get out of the WWE system and work some different kind of – I know she's wrestling a WWE wrestler here. I get that, but in front of a different kind of crowd, and it, she is just perfect for this little relationship that they have going on.
1: Alright, this match, fucking, oh my god, you're talking about you wanted a match where people just beat each other up, Joe? I got you a six-man tag team war, Baba Tunde, and Arturo Huras, Anthony Gutierrez versus Joe Gacy, Eddie Kingston, and Sean Maluda. Fuck, I'm ready for that match. That sounds great.
0: I mean, the unwanted... That's
1: just dudes. That's just dudes, you know?
0: You know, the, the, the unwanted, like, as singular entities don't do a ton for me, outside of Kingston's promos, right? It's like, but as a unit in EvolvE, they've been interesting. It's an interesting little thing. It's like we, we're unsignable, like that's their story. Like you know, no one wants us, when no one wants to sign us, uh, all you fucking privileged NXT signees are in this fucking company, and we're just going to punch you in the mouth. You know? And it's, it's, it's an interesting way to push this collection of sort of misfits.
1: No, I'm right with you. I, I love, because yeah, like those guys, again. Maluda, maybe, I, I like Maluda a little bit, but Kingston's a guy who I kind of wave around here and there, and, and, and Gacy's a guy I wave around here and there, but man, and Evolve, they're fucking perfect, because the gimmick works, it has some tinge of reality to it as well, like, this is one of those things, when Gabe hits on something and, and nails it, that's these guys, this is like a Gabe nailing it booking thing, where, where these three guys, really the only thing that they have in common is that they're just, yeah, like, they're unwanted, they're, they're not signed, they, they haven't been signed, they've been passed over, or whatever, and that's awesome, it's just great. It's good stuff, and they're, they're fun, and that is going to be a hell of a match, man. That is dudes beating each other up. That's exactly what you wanted.
0: And Kingston's been so great on the NWA show because it's all about promos.
1: Yeah, oh, he's a fantastic and promo. He, I'll never take that away from him. He's a great promo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Evolve Championship match. You have Josh Briggs defending the title against J.D. Drake. You mentioned that a little bit earlier as well. And then your main event is non-title, uh, Walter versus Timothy Thatcher.
0: There you go. I mean, you know, the show's going to draw. I'd be surprised if it doesn't, that's the Michigan show.
1: That's the Michigan show. Yeah. Yeah. So then we have the next night here. Uh, the stuff. Oh, also, uh, more plus more with evolved tag team champions, air Fox and Leah Ruff, Matt Seidel. I forgot to mention Matt Seidel is going to be on this weekend. Andrew Evitt, Colby Carino, Harlan bravado and others with four yeah. points.
0: <laughs> Matt Seidel's like a regular. Now he got hurt in his first match, but, um, he's like pretty much a regular now. Um,
1: it's so weird, isn't it? The Evolve is so weird right now because it's like clearly yeah. like a WWE thing, but then you have guys who leave WWE, but then wrestle in it. Yeah, kind of. It's just bizarre. It's like really, really yeah. strange.
0: And you've got you got three different con- Look, you got the WWE contract people getting reps. You've got the Evolve contract people, right? And then you've got the indie people who are just like, it's just this weird, like.
1: It's cool. I like it though. I love that it's That's not the thing. restricted. Yeah, it's,
0: it's, it's interesting. You know, there's something interesting about it. It's not my favorite promotion in the world. It's not my favorite era of Evolve, but it's interesting. And and before the WWE thing, it, Evolve was it, it was the furthest thing from interesting. Like after they lost everybody, and then. You know, there was that little period there before they did the, It was so dry, you know, and so this is definitely – Harlem Bravado is a guy who – he's a nice little utility player on this roster. He doesn't get pushed, right? But it's weird. Like, he works underneath on almost every show. He almost always does jobs. But he goes in there, and he gives you the old veteran performance. And I, I've I've really – likes his work. It's weird. Like He's not out there setting the world on fire, but he's another guy on this roster who can go out there and he gives you a solid nine minutes against somebody.
1: All right, Let's get to this 142 show, December 7th the next night here. Uh, four-way freestyle. You got got Babatunde, JD Drake, Harlem Bravado, and Anthony Green. Four-way freestyle uh, with those guys. Joe, a special challenge match for you. Joe Gacy versus Andrew Everett.
0: And why is it a special challenge? <laughs> it's a special challenge. Why is it... Ever- Everything has to have a fucking name on it, you know, so you can't think of anything. So it's just uh, that's the game. Spe- he's been put doing that since fucking ROH. It, it, just a singles match. He's just ah, uh, fuck. What do I call this one? I, pre- I appreciate that.
1: I appreciate that. He hasn't given it up, though. Like he should have given it up like six years ago, but he hasn't. And I like that now. He can't no. now. You can't do it now. Like, you got to so, keep it. You got to keep it going forever now.
0: The best is when you get special challenge match, two.
1: <laughs> right? we, we unfortunately don't have that we have what we do oh, we have, have something
0: else though. Yeah. we do we have a
1: grudge match here with between uh, eddie kingston and anthony gutierrez which which okay i could buy that as a grudge match but right. then <laughs> then you have a special attraction match joe this is not a not a special challenge but a special attraction match which by sure. the way sounds fucking great uh it's arturo ruas versus timothy thatcher now this can go one of two ways this match this can be boring timothy thatcher rolls around in the ring but if you see who to us, he's like a striker. You know what I mean? He's a quick, like, and, and Thatcher works that style too. So I, God, I hope it's that sort of match between these two. Because if it's that, that's going to fucking rule.
0: You know, the thing about Thatcher is, you know, I, I've started to turn the corner a little on him slowly over the years. It's like, but are we going to get the Evolve curse with him? Because right. undoubtedly the worst place he's ever is, is Evolve, where he's never over and the match is stunk and everything else. And it's like, You know, he's wrestling Walter. (laughs) I mean, you know, there's a pretty good chance that's going to work. And like you're saying, this could be striking Thatcher, which is what I want. You know, I don't want Thatcher who's fucking, you know, having fucking grappling dreams and, you know, doing that masturbatory shit that bores the shit out of you. But if he's going to stand up and strike with this fucking guy, who's a very interesting wrestler, this Huas, I know you like him too. Oh, yeah. Love him. Um, That could be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, so interested in that one. Tag Team Attraction Match, Joe. But, but, if at Evolve 141, the besties in the world win the tag team titles. Oh, no, hold on. If they win, okay, it's kind of complicated. So I mentioned before that it's a number one, it's, so it's a number one contenders match the night prior. Only if right. the besties in the world win, then this becomes a tag match.
0: Okay. Tag team titles. Here, a, here, here.
1: I explained just, it the worst way possible because I was reading it and then figured it out while I was reading it. But go ahead.
0: Yes, you were. Here's
1: the...
0: <laughs> if besties in the world defeat the Skulk in Michigan, okay, then this match against AR Fox and Leon Ruff will be for the tag team titles. Correct.
1: If it's not, it's just have... a tag team attraction match.
0: Yes. They have to beat the understudies the night before. They have to beat Adrian Alanis and Liam Gray. And if they prove themselves against the Skulk B team, they get a title shot against the skulk a team, the tag team champions, AR Fox and Leon Ruff.
1: Joe, I think they're going to do it.
0: You know, I've been watching <laughs> wrestling a lot of years, rich. I think, they got this. I think they're getting the by a lot main of events. Great. You
1: think in the same main event, maybe it won't. Uh... Yeah.
0: I, you know, I, 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 my, if you can listen, if you can get the Vegas before that one, I think you,
1: <laughs> they took an action on a ball. I
0: think you put a couple dollars on uh, besties <laughs> in the world on night one. Um, because it would make zero sense to lose that match and then wrestle Ar Fox <laughs> to be rough the next night. So, uh,
1: but I appreciate again appreciate the uh, one man is still sticking with Kayfabe, and I, I I appreciate that and it's capable. I policy, do. So.
0: I do. I will suspend my disbelief this weekend uh, when they're in there against Alonis and Gray, and, and I, I will am- and I will fall for every near fall, Rich. <laughs> every right. every falsy is going to get me. That's an insider term. Do you like that?
1: I do. Yeah, I've been hearing that term going around a little bit more. As of late, well, so you know. maybe I'm getting more on the I inside in, here.
0: I mean, listen, I've been in a few locker rooms, and I'm picking up the lingo, so here you go.
1: And then our main event here is going to be a nine. I've non- never been in a locker room. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> Did you mistakenly open the wrong door or something? Or Maybe in, like,
0: 1996, but that doesn't count.
1: It's a grime-ass indie show with, like, ten people in the audience, probably, maybe.
0: Well, um, uh, yeah, I, yeah, more or less. It's a story <laughs> today. All right, let's
1: that's, that's a good one. But we, we don't have time for that one. We'll get to that one eventually. Uh non-title champion versus champion main event. You have the WWE United Kingdom champion Walter versus Evolve Champion Josh Briggs.
0: Yeah, I mean it's a big match for Briggs. We'll yeah, get, get in there with Walter and, and and uh you know put up a good showing. It's a big weekend for Briggs. He's got Drake on night one and then Walter on night two. Um his chest is gonna be raw as fuck by the end of that weekend. <laughs> yeah. And um, you know, let let's see what Bricks can do. You know, he, he's a guy who is probably going to be in WWE at some point, and and he's obviously not ready now. And yeah, uh, you know, he's a work in progress. There, the t- tools are there, um, and he's got a big weekend in front of him here. But yeah, if that's a 300 seat building, you're not know, going to have any
1: problem. With yeah, that, it sounds me. it sounds awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna try to I'm trying to make it out. I, there's some. Interesting circumstances of that night, but we'll see. I'll, I'll hopefully try to get there and check out that show because that was like one not to miss for sure. Um, also, oh, sorry, more to be announced Shotzi Blackheart, Raina Gonzalez, Matt Seidel, Kurt Stallion, Sean Maluda, Colby Carino, Adrian Alanis, Liam Gray, and others. Just with one exclamation point there. So.
0: You think we'll get a rematch of the rematch and get Shotzi Blackheart and Raina Gonzalez for? A- <laughs>
1: they did the Evolve 141 rematch. Yeah,
0: Are we going to complete that trilogy, and
1: uh, uh, the- probably right because there's no other women listed. So,
0: and others. I mean, okay. So who, what Chicago indie hmm. wrestlers could show up and face them? Will, will Kylie Ray show up and work this Evolve show? Ooh,
1: that'd be interesting.
0: Yeah, but you would advertise. her.
1: I would advertise that. Yeah, it's going to be some just no name. But the problem well, is Shine's also running this weekend as well. So they might so have, there's a lot in town. There should be a lot in town. So that kind of opens it up then instead. Yeah. So that might not be one particular person, but it might just be like you know what I mean. Like it might not be a Chicago specific person. It could just be anybody that 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 comes into town uh, for Shine. Shine's so That's a smart idea to book that that week. So you, you can you probably pull somebody for that. But yeah, those yeah. are pretty fun shows. So um <laughs> we don't talk much Evolve these days, but uh well, speaking it of, watching it. So
0: well speaking of which, I mean like Ach is undoubtedly the biggest indie star in the country right now,
1: right? Oh, no doubt, yeah, for sure.
0: So I heard he got a tremendous response at um, at AAW and had a great match too. Who do you wrestle at AAW? He wrestled. Uh, so there, there was
1: it. It didn't. So we have a review up on the uh, the website as well. Case Lowe did a uh, live review, so it was a little interesting of how it happened. So he basically, uh, to give you an idea here, I'll, I'll kind of run it down exactly because he he jumped into like a a fray match or, of sorts. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> like it was one of those deals where. Um, here I'll give you I'll give you the exact scenario here because it wasn't it uh, wasn't a straight one on one match uh, for him. So you had you had Trey Miguel and Zachary Wentz versus the besties in the world, but that broke down, and then ACH came out to help the besties in the world against Sammy Callahan, Wentz, and and Miguel. So. It was a six man match, but uh, Case went Case went four and three quarters with it. So wow, I cannot wait till that shows up and people can see that because that
0: well, that sounds like it's must watch then.
1: Absolutely, yeah. So I, I can't wait. And I heard, the, yeah, I heard the reaction was great. And I watched a video and it looked like the place just went fucking um, unglued. And I, I it was interesting because I I kind of like tweeted out something a little bit of a hint of like, hey, you know, someone's probably gonna appear. We had kind of gotten word that hey, ACH yeah. might show up here on, on Saturday or whatever. And every response was like, yeah, done. No kidding, it's gonna be ACH. Who cares? And then like it came out and it was the biggest fucking star in the world. And everybody exploded. So it's like, well, okay. right. like, you know,
0: <laughs> yeah, he um, you know, that that shows you the state of the Indies, too. It's like ACH, a rare wrestler gets thrust back into onto the scene, right? Like a superstar wrestler and a great worker. And it's like, what are the obvious matches for him? What match do you make for ACH? If this were five years ago, you'd have 20 of them. What's the match? You're an indie promoter right now, Rich. What match are you making with ACH?
1: Yeah, I mean, in AEW, he's he's facing Sam Callahan.
0: And honestly, I mean, (laughs) it's like
1: I don't love it, (laughs) I don't like it, but like
0: I don't blame them. I mean, that might be the play.
1: Yeah, Ach versus Josh Alexander is another one they they could build up in 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 AEW. But I mean, I mean, I'm not I'm not you know getting a promoter's license to go do those this weekend. (laughs) I'm not like oh man, I got it, I have it. Like yeah, no, there's there's definitely. Yeah, I mean, elsewhere outside te- of a like outside of okay
0: so in texas it's a little different because he's got history with other right, wrestlers right, right. Let's, do let's, things anywhere. Texas, let's
1: let's say we have anybody in this country that we yes. can bring him over and, and face uh
0: right you're just a promoter <laughs> in fucking florida or, or or chicago or wherever right and and it's just you're like what's the best match i can make for like there's nothing else out there's no one to pair him with who does he wrestle It's like normally when someone comes out from being signed, there's a whole new crop of like great indie talent that weren't around when that guy was last on the scene, right? But that's not the case right now. There's no talent. There's no one out there. Like if you're running WrestleMania weekend and you're like, I got to book ACH, but who do you book them against? Like what's your main event? What's the fucking marquee main event? ACH versus who? WrestleMania weekend. What is it?
1: Effie. I don't know. Like, that's what I mean. It's like, it's hard. It's hard. It sucks. You know? Yeah. And that, that, that I think when, when people get mad at us about this, I mean, there's the question to answer right there. You're booking a, a show WrestleMania weekend. ACH you have, you got a star in ACH. Who is he against? Who, who are you putting him against to, to sell whatever building you're, you're, you're running out? You know, people are going to say, yeah. oh no, you're wrong. You're being too hard on the Indies. We'll answer that question. Seriously, seriously answer it and, and, and think, is that a match that's gonna make people come to Tampa and buy tickets to your show? Right. I think it's gonna be harder than a lot of people think. We're gonna hear a lot of names. People are gonna bring people up.
0: Well, but... you can bring up oh uh, you well listen, you can bring up fucking Ray Phoenix and, 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 and international guys, but um you know, like like who on the scene though is he gonna wrestle? Right. You know, it's it's um you know, I'm I'm making matches. It's like if I were booking a WrestleMania show, it would look a lot different than what the WrestleMania shows are going to look like. You know, I. I probably shouldn't. We should probably. We should move
1: probably on. move on. Yeah, but uh, we're we're we raising funds right now for our our, our WrestleMania weekend show, where uh, two men get in the ring and face one another off in a uh, in a pro wrestling match. Yes, so pro wrestling. It's, match. A, it's our gimmick show where guys come out uh, for, with with music and then they enter the ring and then a bell rings and then they they wrestle one another and the man who wins. Uh, has pride and and has won that night's the match. So that that is our gimmick show. is <laughs> Joe and Rich's wrestling show. It's 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 weird. It's out of the box, but I think it's going to be successful. So we'll see.
0: It's a fucking wild idea, man! <laughs> I know,
1: it's just two guys get the ring, gimmick. man. A bell rings and then they wrestle. It's it's
0: good. Good wrestlers having good matches.
1: <laughs> it's, I don't know if it's going to work, but it's it's it's
0: gimmick free.
1: <sighs> uh, We're grumpy. Grumpy. Yeah, we are grumpy. But I hate the scene right now. This scene sucks, though. Grumpy.
0: Yeah, God, it sucks. I've never been less interested in indie wrestling. But um, you know, I, I I will check out that AEW show for sure. I haven't watched AEW. I watched them all last year. I didn't watch AEW all, all at all this year because I've yeah, just I been think,
1: so. Yeah, it, there's a, it's a good time to jump back in because I think they've done a great job. Like Ace Romero is like a legit star in that company. Like they've done a great job with him. Josh Alexander's back and he's he's really really good. Uh, Paco, of course, you, you've been following the Paco thing forever. Yeah. you know we wins we wins a big title. Uh, on that show, and it's huge. It's a big deal. It's like a four-year story that they've told with him, four or five-year story with him. So they're, 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 there's some really good booking going on in AEW. Fatu's there, and they're doing pretty good stuff with him. So yeah, of you know, it is the, kind of my home promotion, but it's also one of my favorite promotions. But I think they've done a really good job this year. So I think I think you'll enjoy it when when you check it out. I think they've 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 been smart about it and they've kind of weathered the storm when there was a while there where all their talent got yanked and it was just like, oh god, what's next for them? But there 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 is a light at the end of the tunnel. It looks like for for what's going on right now. And I think the last half. Uh, of this year has been really, really good for them. So,
0: Well, I look at their lineups and they're not doing all the dumb shit that everybody else is
1: doing. Mm-hmm. Hey. You know, but it, it, <laughs> it's of the choir, man.
0: So, uh, you know, at, le- at least there's that. But uh, what else we got here on the show? We
1: have Starcade, Joe. Tell me about Starcade.
0: Oh, so yeah, Starcade.
1: The Thanksgiving tradition of Starcade. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't really want to break down Starcade, the show, but it's like. Right, it was an hour and fifteen minutes long. And it's got the Starcade branding and it's this is this thing they do every year in the winter where they take a, a house show in the south and they slap the starcade branding on it, and then they give you like three of the matches from that house show. And it's like I don't know, it bothers me. Like why why sully like the Starcade name and brand and what are you getting out of it? They don't push it on TV. It's non can because then they don't refer to it on Raw SmackDown in the aftermath or anything like that. So it's just fucking house show matches that are inconsequential and don't mean anything. And then it's like, why don't you just give us the whole fucking show? Why are you giving us an hour and 15 minutes of a two hour and 45 minutes? Just show the rest of it. You know what I mean? It's like, I like the idea of WWE, and we've talked about this, doing like one live house show per month, Right. Like they used to do back in the day with MSG and Boston Garden and and the Caps Center and and, and um, I think the Cap Center, uh, Maple Leaf Garden for sure, Philly Spectrum, LA Sports Arena. Those house shows used to air in those local markets on cable, right? And you get the whole house show or whatever. And they were really the only territory that did that, that like filmed all of their major house shows. And, and, and that's why they have such a great library of all that history that we can go back and watch. Um, you know, in that company, and it's like it, it would even be continuing that tradition. You know, you take one house show a month and you bring some cameras there. You bring your D-level announced team and you give them some reps. There's a lot of good reasons to do it, right? It's content for the network. Yeah, and, I was going to say that
1: adds uh, value to but, the network. Whatever it, value it is, it adds at least a little bit of extra value. And it, it costs you not much else to do. Yeah. So it's, it seems like an overrefer. Yeah.
0: And on Raw, you say, "Ah, this Wednesday from Tuscaloosa, Alabama, we've got this house show." You know, and then well, it makes the live event I-
1: tickets even a bigger deal as well. Like that's one of the things that's that right. I, I, growing up, I always remember watching. It was like oh, I gotta be there for that show. Like they're you know, they would promote that show, they talk about it, and yeah, if you, by chance, it's in your town that night, and they talk about it. You're fuck yeah, okay, that sounds good. I'll go. So, but there's no reason to now. Yeah, and I mean, then to go now.
0: No, right, but then and then and then once a year you do a title change. Or once a year, you do a big angle and somebody turns, right? Just to keep people on their toes and say, oh, well, you know, WWE's coming to fucking Mobile this fucking week and they're putting it on the network. It might, something might happen. You know, you might actually, Rich, I know this is crazy. You might sell some tickets, right? If you do these things, you know, it's like, but they don't think that way, you know? And, and it's like, you know, so... I, I really just don't understand the point of this Starcade thing. It's the second year in a row they've done this. They're nothing shows that mean nothing. And you only get half the show. And it's like, why are they even doing it? Is it to keep the trademark alive? Is it to... Bingo.
1: Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, so that's, that's,
0: that's the reason they just... It, how do these trademarks work if you don't use it
1: I think so. Even- I, I I wouldn't. I don't know enough about trademark law, but I'm sure someone can, can explain it a little bit better. But my understanding is because they book it as like, a, or they, they, they trademark it as like an event name or whatever, that they at least have to actively use it as an event name. So, they do, with these. But they don't care about them because they don't really care about the Starcade name. Right. They just do it because they don't want Cody to have it. Right.
0: So you think that's it? I think so. That's the conspiracy theory that I wanted you to say. Um... But, I mean, if that's the reason, I, I, I don't know. It's just... It, it's almost if... It's like if it didn't have the Starcade branding, and it was just a house show from Atlanta, I'd be more interested in it than I am with the Starcade name on it. And I don't understand why my brain works that way. Does that make any sense to you? It's almost like, alright, if it's just this house show that they're going to air, that's kind of a cool thing. We never get to see house shows. And... It's, it'll be nice, you know, it'll be a nice change of pace to watch a stripped down WWE show and how they perform, you know, for a live audience or whatever. And it's not on TV. But once you throw the Starcade branding on it and make it just like this one hour thing, you have Ric Flair come out and do a dopey promo. It's like now it just feels cheap to me. And it doesn't feel like something that, um, it just feels dirty. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it just feels dirty at that point. Um, and I don't like that they do it. And I don't like that, like, the Starcade history, you know, Vince Russo aside, right, like, has these fucking shows as part of the Line. It just bothers me. And I, and I, I can't put a finger on, on, on to, as to why it does, but um, I don't know. It just it feels a little dirty. And, and it's like, it, it'd be one thing if they treated it like a big deal. Like, if they did a TV angle to set it up. Or they did angles on it to set up something for TV, but they don't. It's so just air the fucking house show in full, at least, if you're going to slap that name on it.
1: I don't know. Yeah, it's bizarre. It's, it's, it's like weirdly half-assed, but then weirdly like inorganic. It's, it's a strange way to go about it. I'm, I'm right with you, too, because if they just said, hey, we're going to air this house show this Wednesday or this Saturday or whatever, i gotta watch the hell out of those because it'd be kind of cool to kind of see a different style, see it a little less kind of put together. You know what I mean? Like you said, like the D list announcers, like some guys trying some stuff out, maybe some matchups that you might not have otherwise seen or what, just different stuff that could have happened. It's just different. It just breaks the the monotony of WWE, but yeah. it's that it just kind of feels forced and and and. And weird, and, and that's kind of what these these are. And yeah, it's no,
0: no giant entrance ramp, no fucking blaring fucking color, because some of those old, and you know the the what they call it, the vault on the network or the old school, I think they call it uh, inside the you know with the house. Sh- that, that's you put one of those on. There are two and a half hours. they're a shit ton of fun. You know, you put one on from 1988 and, you know, you got the prelim guys in the beginning, right? Yeah, yeah You got some right.
1: backup ring announcer too, some local dude that just say, just bring in. It's no Finkel. It's, you know, local yeah. radio DJ guy or whatever. It's great. Yeah.
0: And it's all those matches they used for primetime wrestling. You know, we're always from those house shows and it was just a change of pace and it was different. And. You know, it's just another facet of the network that they don't really exploit to their fullest. It would it would would give them a lot of advantages too. Like you said, it would enhance the importance of the house shows, maybe sell some additional tickets, give some reps to your announcers and your team production people. But uh, maybe they see the advantages, the the, you know the, the and those sorts of things. But um. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's, it, but they've made it patently clear that you you don't need to care about these starcades, you know. So maybe you're right. Maybe it's just to keep patents alive or whatnot.
1: Yeah, I, I again like somebody who knows a little bit more can probably jump in and and, and let us know. But uh, yeah, as far as Starcade, uh, the one that actually aired any anything to talk about it was Street Profits defeat the OC, uh, the Kabuki Warriors uh, in a uh, d- d- retain retain their titles on a uh, Fatal Forum match against Alexa Bliss, Nikki Cross, Bailey and Sasha Banks, Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair, and then a uh, the old classic WWE bait and switch here. They said it was going to be La- Lashley versus Rusev, uh, then it was not. It was Lashley versus Kevin Owens, and it ended via DQ. So. They announced a last-man-standing match between Bobby yeah. Lashley and Rusev and then didn't do it because, you know, fuck you. <laughs> That's why.
0: Right. Even on this inconsequential show that meant nothing, uh, they still didn't give you what was advertised. And I think that pretty much sums up Stargate.
1: Yeah, I, I don't want to get into that discussion again because we'll just get a bunch of dopes telling us card stuff to change in the, in the, <laughs> in the mentions, which is not what that is. But again, if, if, if you want companies to lie to you, then knock yourself out, man. It's cool. Like, whatever. All right. Let's uh, let's wrap up here with uh update on NWA Power and NWA into the fire. So we uh, th- of course we're recording this on a Tuesday. We both watched uh the episode of NWA Power this week, which is the last tape show, correct? That is it. We're done. That's it. That's it. So next week is because we have still the 14th is into the fire, which we will talk about the, the card here in a sec. But what is going on then in this next week after after power? So we have we have power supposedly this week. not so it's nothing. So it's just a blank. There's not even, uh, nothing's airing on that. We're just, we're ready for yeah, now, cool. So,
0: Yeah, according to um, nothing. So, and this was the, and again, um, there was a lot of confusion last week and I talked about it behind the paywall, but, you know, last week's show with that, that weird recap show or whatever it was, that was not some heavy edit to get Cornette off the show. That was the planned show all along. To do that recap show. And it got horrible reviews, and uh, everybody hated it. A lot of people assumed it was just to scrub Cornette. That was not true because Cornette was on this week. Okay, so if you didn't believe me when I reported it last week, even though I talked to the people who made the decision, uh, now I guess, you know, I'm vindicated. But that was always the plan for last week's show. But it was such a disaster that we are told that they're never doing that again. So next season, they're not going to do. Uh, any of those recap uh, shows uh, like they did last week because uh, the response was so poor. Um, So those aren't going to happen moving forward at this point. But on today's show, which was the last show, they did finalize the uh, pay-per-view. It'll be the Rock and Roll Express versus the Wild Cards in a rematch. The Wild Cards challenging for the tag team titles. Rock and Roll Express, of course, won them this week on TV. And then it's Colt Cabana versus Ricky Starks versus Aaron Stevens in a national title this week. Um, Mountain complained. Uh, Cabana told Stevens if he could beat Starks, he'd give him a title shot. I don't know why Starks agreed to that. That didn't seem to be a very good deal for him. So uh, uh, Stevens, with some chicanery, defeats Ricky Starks. And then, for some reason, they then announced it's a three-way for the title. I don't know how Starks got in the mix, uh, but it ended up working out for him anyway. That was all a little confusing. So it's going to be a three-way at the pay-per-view. Those are the final two matches, and that's... Uh, now, the card is set for Into the Fire, and that'll wrap up Season 1. Oh, and Stu Bennett is replacing Jim Cornette. So, um, couldn't be more different than Jim Cornette to bring in you know, bad news Barrett to uh to work with Joe Galley on the pay per view, but uh, that's the direction they're going there. So um yeah, I don't know. They they did uh James a long promo on the show, so did Nick this they sort of explain why James Storm is getting the title shot because it really didn't make sense last week because James Storm hasn't really won a match. Like he lost the national title, didn't really win any matches. Why is he getting a world title shot? So they at least explained why he's getting the title shot. This <laughs> it was weekend.
1: clumsy; it wasn't perfect, but they did explain it. You're right,
0: but they did explain it at least. Um, you know, basically, Storm is running his mouth, and this wants to shut him up. That's the idea um, behind that. But uh, that's the pay per view that'll be on the 15th, and then they'll tape season two the day after that. And I would expect, just based on conversations we've had, some changes season two in terms of some of the talent being used and whatnot, because the idea behind this project is each season is going to be a little different than the other. So they're going to try to mix and match talent. Now your guys that have the big contracts, they're going to be back every year. You know, your Nick Aldis and your Eli Drake's James storm, people like that. Some of the underneath people are going to change though. They want this to be like a territory where guys come in and then go right, away. A and roving
1: then... cast of, of people in and out. Yeah.
0: Right. So you're going to see, um a bunch of different names when they do the TV following the pay-per-view. So the pay-per-view will tie up most, if not all, of the loose ends from this season, and then they're kind of gonna, you know, hit the reset button and, and and for season two. Um as far as the pay-per-view goes, it looks like uh they, they told us that the 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 YouTube model has at least worked from the perspective of They have already doubled the amount of pay per view pre sales that they did for the 70th anniversary show, which was the last pay per view they ran before they had the YouTube show. So you see the power of that exposure. They really have only been doing about uh, 200,000 views in the first seven days for the show. But even at that level of 200,000 views through the first seven days, with those great numbers that Garrett Kidney tracks, they've doubled their pay-per-view buys with still about 10 days to go. What is it about 10 days or, uh,
1: yeah, as of this recording. So yeah, the 14th. So yeah, as of this recording about, yeah, a little over 10 days.
0: Yeah. So it's like, you know, and, and the idea is they also have a number in there where if they hit X amount of pay-per-view buys, I don't know how, know how many it is that will pay for the taping the next day. So they're almost at a point here where, they can start breaking even at this. And then from there, I guess the goal, you know, ultimately the idea would be to get a TV deal. You know, that's got to be the ultimate goal because you can't make any money off the YouTube show. But what the YouTube show does do for you is it helps you push more pay-per-views. So from that perspective, that's where the YouTube show has helped them. Obviously the Jim Cornette stuff has not helped them at all and has hurt them because everybody's mad at them for the Jim Cornette stuff. The people who don't like Jim Cornette are hand waving the show, at least in theory, and the people who like Jim Cornette are mad at them and hand waving the show uh, because Cornette's not there. So the Cornette thing, um, it, it, you know, it, it was bad. That, that, you know, it, it's cutting them from both ends.
1: Right. It's pissed off every level of wrestling fan, pretty much in some form or fashion. So
0: you know, so it's like, and and you know, I think that Cornette. I honestly I think Cornette's work was better with MLW than it was for this show even though Cornette is best suited for this show. I didn't think Cornette was great on this show. I thought he was great on MLW. Yeah, I thought
1: I so the the one little feedback that I can give now that we've officially wrapped up the you know the Cornette era uh in NWA is is yeah, I thought he was a little too over the top in NWA of hey, this is old wrestling, this is classic wrestling, this is the like where MLW he let the show come to him. It always yeah. felt like he was telling you NWA is important. This is the biggest wrestling in the world. This is the company that started everything. You know what I mean? Like it was that sort of thing that he felt more like a guy selling NWA to you. Where in MLW, he kind of let the action come to him and let the wrestlers come to him. And you could tell what he was enjoying, what he was disliking, what he really thought was good. You know, stuff he was trying to put over. It felt a little bit more organic. Whereas this NWA thing felt like he was just kind of barking about NWA being good. I still thought the energy he brought was tremendous to NWA. But it didn't feel as organic as the MLW stuff did, which was really, really tremendous stuff.
0: Yeah. I, I, I thought I didn't think he was like bad on the NWA show, but I didn't understand the rave reviews he was getting for it. I thought he was better on MLW. I'm with you, but um, you know it looks like the pay per view is going to be a success. Uh, you know they've doubled their pre sales compared to the last pay per view. Remember the the 70th anniversary show had Cody on it, and remember it drew very well too. Uh, didn't that do like 2,500 fans live or something like that in Nashville? Um, so. Uh that was a pretty successful event for them, and it looks like they're going to at least at minimum double the number of pay-per-view buys and you have to chalk that up to the youtube show, right i mean there's there's no other explanation for it. So that just shows the power of uh, of having something weekly, um, you know airing as opposed to before they were just doing ten pounds of gold and um, doing the build entirely through that. so um, that's what's going on with power, and I'm sure that we'll have a review for that in what
1: two weeks right yeah absolutely yeah we'll, we'll have the end of the fire uh going on there but yeah it looks like it looks like a pretty fun card and, and i did want to mention this uh briefly as well but the rock and roll express you know of course won the titles uh on power this week and and um man that team it's it's and i made a tweet about this and, and it's like half joke and i don't we didn't we you know we didn't get into that discussion now because we, we have to wrap up here but like you could legitimately legitimately make a case for them as a tag team of the year this year and joe i don't know if i'd argue with you that much they're really good. <laughs> like, I know, I know, I know, I know. I mean, I agree with the laugh. Like, I'm, I'm, it's, it's it's over the top. It, I agree. I, it is over the top. But is there really a ton of other teams telling you, no, you got to vote for us?
0: It's not. It's not a great year for tag teams. I've said it a million times. Um, it, Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I get on board with that. I mean, they've been a nice novelty act, but this is a nurse run-in, I hear.
1: It's a nurse running in for sure, yeah. She's, she's wondering, Joe, <laughs> yes, strangely enough, sure. how to cast Disney Plus uh, to the TV in our bedroom. Oh. Yeah, we, oh. She sold, we sold out, too. So I heard you sold out, too, so don't, don't, don't try to act like you're...
0: Well, it's free. I just want to know which input
1: to put on. <laughs> Can I tell you in five minutes? Just now. I don't know what input. Uh, I think it says HDMI 1 or something.
0: That's the regular TV. <laughs>
1: well, then, whatever the other one is. Oh, it's, oh, it's gosh, listed as TV. TV. It is listed as TV. I admit that's annoying and I should fix that, but I don't have the original remote from that remote. So, there you go. See so, ya. Yeah, what are you going to watch? Even Stevens again?
0: Yeah, I'm on. season three. <laughs> there
1: you go. The nurse, everybody. There you go. There you go. Fantastic. Are you eating another macaroon? <laughs> so she's got to bring treats for her workers, but she keeps eating all the macaroons. <laughs> macaroons? Macaroons. Fancy, fancy snacks here, yeah. No, we don't, we don't yeah, fuck it, around.
0: Interesting, interesting treat, without question. What else we got? Are we done here? Or that's we-
1: it. That's it for us, man. We are done. We have wrapped up with this Spray to All Fields episode of the flagship, man. We talked we talked Marty. We talked AEW and NXT. We talk about... Think of the amount of promotions we talked about. We talked about New Japan, MLW, Evolve, uh, NWA, WWE, <laughs> NXT, AEW, and Ring of Honor all in one day. That's that's MLW too. Oh yeah, yeah, there you go. So yeah, you can't you can't beat that. I, find another podcast that does that as well. That's what know. we do. It's unbelievable. That's
0: what we've been doing. Doing for eight years.
1: We're so good. We're so good, Joe.
0: You know? So good at the audio. It's amazing. It's incredible how good we are. It is
1: fantastic. We're going to make three hours fly by. But anyway, if you want to hear more of Joe and I, if this wasn't enough, if this three hours is not enough, and you're saying, I need more Joe and Rich, we talked about it at the beginning of the show last week. We didn't have a show, and people are saying, Oh my God, I haven't had Joe and Rich in my life. Well, that is your fault because there is plenty of Joe and Rich to be had. Patreon.com slash voices of wrestling. Patreon.com slash voices of wrestling. $1 opens you up. $5 opens everything up. Everything that we've done audio-wise for, since this thing launched on Patreon, patreon.com slash voice of wrestling, five bucks, opens that all up. Kings of the Tokyo Dome series, Joe's News and Notes, Joe's Weekly TV Reviews, everything that we do here, the Kings of the Tokyo Dome series that I'm doing, any other future series that we do, all open, five bucks, patreon.com slash voices of Wrestling. Uh, we do want to also want to mention as well, with the holidays coming up, uh, VoiceOfWrestling.com slash Amazon as well. If you make a purchase on Amazon, we would really, really like if you just did VoiceOfWrestling.com slash Amazon and then looked for your items. It's going to be, the, everything's going to be the same price. Everything's going to be the same with Amazon. All that happens is a small percentage goes back to us, and we appreciate it very, very much because that is, uh, you know, the, people might not think like, hey, I'm going to buy a $5 thing or whatever, but that adds up over time, and if everybody buys $5 things, we're good. But the best way to do it is just everybody listen to this, subscribe to us on Patreon. On. that's the way to go Joe you say it every single week if everybody did this we could quit our jobs so I'll, I'll let you give that pitch one more time because seriously everybody sign up so we can quit our jobs because I'm sick of my goddamn job, So uh,
0: trust me I've done the math many times <laughs> I do the math every day if everyone listening to this subscribe to the Patreon you know what you're going to get you're going to get full time JL and RK we can do this show three times a week Why not? We'd have all the time in the world to do it. We could do uh, pay content every day. This could be our full time job. Okay, so I've done the math daily. It adds up. (laughs) If
1: if everyone, you'll get a twenty four hour stream. It'll just be Joe and I stumbling into a microphone occasionally over twenty four hours and just talking about wrestling. This is all I I promise that. That's not true. I'm not going to promise that. But maybe
0: (laughs) Rich is really over promising here. But the point is.
1: (laughs) It'll be a lot of hours. Maybe not 24, but...
0: We can, we, can, uh, we can go every day just like those busted open goofs. And believe me, it'll be oh, better. Oh, we'd
1: destroy those goofballs. Okay. Are you fucking kidding? Jesus.
0: Just, just listen to the show we did today. We talked about 19 different promotions. And we're so good at this. We talked about 19 different promotions and every single point we made was correct. Who else <laughs> yeah, can do that?
1: Unbelievable that we do that, yeah.
0: Like, everything we say is right. I mean, that's the other amazing thing about it. So patreon.com slash voices of wrestling. It is a uh, tremendous service, and it is so cheap that we're stupid. We're stupid. I don't understand. We're so dumb for only charging $5 for that thing, and we are always trying to figure out ways to change that, but we can't. We're locked in. We're dummies. It's way too cheap, and you should go subscribe to it right now.
1: There you go. Great pitch there from Joe. So anyway, for Joe Lanza, I'm Rich Grage. We'll talk to you guys next time on the Voice Wrestling Flagship Podcast. Take care.